Hi, this is Vanessa Sunshine. Hi, this is Alicia. Hi, I'm Georgia Love. I'm Osha Ginsberg. If you're listening to the sound of my voice, you are on the Bachelor of Hearts podcast. What do you do with an arts degree? I'm still not sure I know. I skipped three years worth of lectures just to binge watch awful shows. There must be some scholarship for accruing worthless knowledge. It's my only talent, honey. That and losing money. Let your excess hex debts rest and then just join us while we start on our bachelor. Hello and welcome back to the Bachelor of Hearts podcast, the Bachelorette Australia podcast that asks the question, does anyone know how to make the color gray? (laughs) (laughs) I cannot work it out for the life Uh, of me, but hopefully I will get some help from my friend. He is the co-host of this podcast, which is called Bachelor of Hearts. (laughs) And for Uh, context, my name is Xavier Petsky-Noonan. I don't normally do the intros, and uh, well, just bear with me. Modern Romance's Greatest Raconteur. That's what we call you, Xavier RN. Sure, I've heard it. Yeah. My name's Max Quinn. Hello. Hey, Max. We're here in person to talk about three episodes of The Bachelorette, Xavier. Uh, There was weaving. There were children... We saw the most perfect dad in the history mm. of the show, and mm. we said a sad goodbye to a forever fave. There is so much to come here on the BOH pod. If you'd like to join us in conversation, we would love to have you on the Bachelor of Hearts Osh posting group on Facebook, where you can find us and find new friends, uh, past and future guests of the show, past and future guests of the TV show that we talk about. Mm-hmm. It is our fun little family on Fuck Little Facebook. And Xavi, uh, speaking of, of past and future guests of the show... And present as well? Today, we have a present guest of the show. Yeah, wow, is it Christmas? Yeah. Yep. It, it, Is it my birthday? Okay. Do you want to talk about Do you want to talk about the Coles thing now? <laughs> Can we introduce our guest and then talk about it? With oh, it's a really good idea, actually. Yeah. Look, mm-hmm. uh, last. Uh, so, uh, no, let's stretch this part out any longer. <laughs> she is a returning fan fave, the online auteur behind at Batchy Bitching on Twitter and not making lemonade on Instagram, the Zine Queen behind. Will you accept this, pros listeners? Please. Say a great big Bachelor of Hearts hello to Katie Kendall. Hi, Katie. Hey, guys. Um, I just want to say right at the top, there's actually something that you left off my little bio. Uh-huh. That's okay. okay, please. Yeah, it's that I've had feelings for Eleanor that I've never <laughs> had for anyone before in my life. Um, so good. She gave me butterflies every morning. Uh, I would be sitting and talking to her and busting to go to the toilet, but I would rather piss myself than stop talking to her. And I would just hang on and hang on and hang on because I never wanted to leave her katie has done what neither of us have bothered to do in the many years we've been doing this show and that is to memorize that speech i'm so really good thanks guys um i did spend the morning doing (laughs) (laughs) oh we're so thrilled to have you back welcome i could not be more excited to be here i have been patiently waiting ever since the first time i was here to come back and do this again i love you guys i love this podcast so i'm really happy to be here the last time that you were here you were here to help us recap four episodes of Bachelor in Paradise, and God. this time, 
only three. I know. It's We've, a it's <laughs> downgrade. the easy option this time. <laughs> Thank you. Um, you know, I like to be here to help you guys when they give us way too much of this show. This so. is what they've done this week. Yeah. I'm really excited to talk about it. I'm really excited to... Look, I'm sure we're going to really, really get into it. Before we get into it, there's something I'd like to say. Please. Now, the last time that I was here, we did four episodes, mm. and we also recorded the longest episode of Bachelor of Hearts in podcast history. Yes. And that's a title that I was very proud of. And in I... podcast history. <laughs> oh, fuck it. <laughs> in the history of this podcast. No. Oh, of any others as well. Yeah. I mean, it was very long. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was two hours and 37 minutes long. And we uh-huh. all got medals for that. Yeah, we were... I know. I held the title. The I was very proud of it. Um, And then I started to get nervous because you guys started recording longer and longer episodes mm-hmm. about not four episodes of the show. <laughs> and I got really nervous when you had Janie Burks on and the oh, episode yeah. was too. Two hours and 31 minutes long, mm. but I was safe. I was six, yeah, minutes, six minutes in the clear. Over the yeah, line. Yeah. I was still the world record holder. Mm-hmm. And then. Nice try, Janie. You had, yeah, you had delightful human beings and usurpers, um, Patrick Lenton and Eilish Gilligan on. Oh, yeah. And let gosh. me tell you so my episode, two hours and 37 minutes long. Mm. Their episode, two hours and 38 minutes long. Oh, my God. They took my beloved title by one minute. It's Brutal. not enough that they, they have a have been... magical love story. <laughs> they had to take this from me, the only thing I have. <laughs> there must have been a minute in there that we could have cut out as well. Yeah, Thinking probably. back, I mean, you know, all our episodes are perfect, obviously. This right? is true, yeah. It's fine. I feel like I've gotten more audacious with my editing as well. I've been mm-hmm. cutting more. Um, well, don't. Okay. <laughs> Just, you know, if you need to, tack on a 10-minute version of the theme song at the Fantastic. end. Fantastic, yep. I've heard that's very topical, mm-hmm. so, I should you know, be able to whip that out pretty Just throwing quickly. out some ideas. Thank I you. would just like yeah. my crown back. It's okay. We can we can achieve that here <laughs> on the Bachelor of Hearts podcast. Xavier, there's so, so much to unpack. I know that you have some news for us as well. Why don't you say we get started on a Bachelor World Catch-Up? Absolutely. Oh, wait. I forgot to talk about Coles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. This is the hot news item that everybody wants to hear about. Okay. Everyone's looking at the length of this episode and going, this next part, definitely justified. This is really, this is the <laughs> important part that everyone is really looking forward to. Um, I was thinking about a seasonal jingle. Um, yeah. We love jingles on We this love podcast. jingles. I love all the jingles. There's a song that needs redeeming in the Christmas catalog, and here's how you do it, okay? Um the the truck has arrived maybe it's coals outside um the driver is on time good maybe it's coals outside the man is not looking suspicious that's good why why would the man and Damn, this Christmas ham is delicious. Okay, yeah, the rhyme is. Maybe good. it's calls outside. That's that's how you redeem. Yeah, really good, really good. Yeah, so, and famously, yeah. of course, the Coles Shopping Center, very outdoor. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it doesn't doesn't take place inside. No, 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 no. Yeah, okay. yeah. It's the truck. They're out the front of the house. You see. Okay. Oh, that's for the, the home delivery. Did you not follow that the whole time? Uh, I could have used another couple of verses. And so Max is going to be tacking on the 10 minute version to the end of this podcast. <laughs> Absolutely can't wait to hear that. I'll give the 10 minute version of the piss speech. I would right. write that if you wanted me to. <laughs> I got the vinyl of the 10 minute piss speech and I was playing it at the wrong speed and I thought there was like a man doing it. Mm. You know? <laughs> Is that news story still topical when this episode comes out? Uh, who can say? Speaking of topical news stories, though. Here we go. Should we talk about The Bachelor? Yeah, perhaps. 
Uh, so, like, spoiler alert, maybe, I guess, for the person who goes home during the hometown dates that we're about to talk about. Um, if you haven't seen that, um, watch it or whatever. I mean, you're about you to learn it by now. You're yeah. About to yes. Uh, skip ahead a few minutes. Whatever. Uh, after much speculation, this week we received at least some confirmation that ex-Bachelor star and Love Island after-party host Abby Chatfield... And Conrad Bien Stevens were indeed kissing at that bar in Byron Bay last week because, and here's the spoiler, Conrad confirmed in an exclusive piece for 10play.com.au upon leaving the show that it is at least kind of a thing. In his words, it's early days, but he is, quote, head over heels and, quote, it's a legitimate thing. <laughs> the piece, which again is published on Channel 10's official website, also claims that there's been none of the rumoured negative response from production to their <laughs> public kiss. Conrad is quoted staying, saying, Obviously what I did was a silly thing, but no one has, quote, come down hard on me. They're all beautiful people. I haven't got a bad word to say about production, so I don't know where that's come from. Hmm. Fascinating. Hmm. Um, what website was this revealed on? Uh, this was on the uh, website 10play.com.au. Do they have any connection to the show? Who, who could say? Mm. I have no idea. Completely unbiased news mm. source. Mm. I have thoughts about the Abby and Conrad thing coming out before he left the show. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, because I think a lot of people were very disappointed and angry about that because mm. it gave quite a big spoiler. I mean... If you were sure it was him, there was a lot of discourse in our group chat about ankles and whether or not they looked like his ankles, mm -hmm. right. but mm -hmm. correct ankles. Mm -hmm. But I think, I don't know, my position is that like Abby was so thoroughly screwed over by this franchise and treated so poorly by the edit and like slut shamed by the country mm. that like she can ruin the show a little bit if of she course, wants she to she you know? to these freaks. Just a little just a little revenge as a treat for Abby ah, Chatfield. I completely agree. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, for her part, Abby has not commented publicly about Conrad since we spoke about this a week ago, nor should she have to if she doesn't want to. I don't think she's under any, uh, you know, obligation. Um, but it is an interesting sort of limbo that we find ourselves in. Um, Conrad won't be able to discuss whatever is or isn't happening there until after the finale. Mm. He's given these interviews, but that's kind of it until he gets his account back, I imagine. And Abby's not talking about it either. So, like, on some level... Like, maybe it's real, maybe it's not. I still feel like on like it is kind of a Schrodinger's cat situation right now. Mm. Where, like, you know, it might come out in a few days that, like, they kissed a few times and that was it. And, like, you know, it's in everyone's best interest to keep this story going for another little while. Uh, nobody's nobody's being harmed by it. Channel 10's excited that everybody's talking about it, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. The way he talked about it on 10 Play with that very vague language was the kind of language you use when you've hooked up with someone maybe three times. Yeah. And people are like, so what's going on? And you're like, um, it's a situation. Yeah. There has been contact. Um, <laughs> like, you know, it could he be wasn't, anything. It's he wasn't days. like, Abby Chaffield is my girlfriend and I love her. Right, <laughs> right, 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 right. Yeah. So, you know, like, I get them saying, you know, or him saying that it's a bit of a thing because everybody wants it to be a thing right yeah. now. Yeah. Probably a lot of pressure on that situation. Um, but who knows? It also takes a lot of the sting out of him leaving the show sure. on Thursday night as well. You know, like the idea that we knew that there was something nice out there for Conrad, mm -hmm. hypothetically. And um, I guess it creates some sort of parallel narrative of like, you know, he is still interested in dating within the Bachelor in world. In the franchise, Even though yeah. Abby's not necessarily in that franchise or in that world very much at all. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it means that we're keeping the Conrad option open of to course. some degree. Which is mm. good because everybody's talking about maybe he's going to be Bachelor and certainly he'd be a hit on Paradise if they wanted to do that. Uh-huh, uh-huh. 
Look, we wish nothing but the best for both of these parasocial powerhouses, no matter how they choose to define this thing which is unfolding in the public eye in a way that probably nobody is super comfortable with. Yeah. Speaking of uncomfortable things happening in the public eye, I guess, uh, last week <laughs> our guest, Abby Butler, mentioned some news which was just breaking about Beck Pressing and Carissa Croft, who both left the show in back-to-back episodes of this season. Beck by Rose Ceremony and Carissa by Self-Elimination. Uh, Abby had just heard that the pair had been posting some surprisingly couple sounding things on social media, and just after we recorded, the rumours, hopes, and wishes were confirmed by a post on Beck's IG main feed, which showed her and Carissa embracing on a beach together with the caption, Words cannot express how much you mean to me. To think I've only had you in my life for five months is insane because I can't imagine it without you now. I love you to the moon and back. Two hearts emoji. Hashtag Bachelorette AU. The post was interpreted as confirmation of their relationship in, uh, by, by many sources, including Yahoo, Who, and <laughs> other news outlets that are not run by owls. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but just 24 hours later Beck was exclusively interviewed by news.com.au and told them that quote at this stage Carissa and I are just very close friends Mm -hmm. she's going off to work on yachts (laughs) so my previous post is a gesture of my love and appreciation for her and our friendship timing doesn't always work out but you never know what the future holds and I will be forever grateful to have her in my life I encourage everyone to openly celebrate love and appreciate those close to them there is a lot to chew on here. I, I have a lot of thoughts about it mm. because, firstly, I do speak about my friends in that way. Like, mm. I do talk mm. about, I refer to your partner, Evie, as my wife. Yes, you know? that is like, true. And I don't think you have been married, as far not, as I know, mm, we've in a We've kind of been sense. keeping it from you because we <gasps> thought it might be a bit much. I'm but so um, you guys. <laughs> 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 yeah, so, like, I speak about my best friends like I'm in a relationship with them, and I think that's a very queer thing sure. to do with your female friends at the same time i think these two know exactly what they're doing oh yeah like i think this is beautifully calculated and like also there was a bit in the post where she was like sometimes timing doesn't work out uh-huh. yeah which uh-huh. tells me that there was some there was some something going right. on yeah there was they, they timed up at some time hmm. it's hmm. so interesting that i mean I, I i agree with you and i don't necessarily want to believe the worst in these people but i think that you can queer bait without necessarily intending to or you know you know without having any kind of like bad intentions necessarily which i kind of feel like maybe is what happened here Mm. like you are on the first queer-led mixed gender of this show um like you need to kind of choose your language pretty carefully and it's hard for me to imagine that this was like a complete accident especially given and like i'm this is conjecture obviously but like um posting this thing and then like not editing it or really retracting it or replying to any of the comments that say like oh my god bestie this is the love story we were all waiting for (laughs) like i'm screaming right now like true love is real that kind of thing yep um rainbow emoji yada yada it was weird that you wrote that but (laughs) (laughs) from all my different instagram accounts yeah yeah uh i was very excited oh it was beautiful yeah Reminds me a bit, I don't know if you guys remember this, a couple years back, maybe it was um, Matt Agnew's season, where yeah. Bacco and the girl is blonde and I can't remember her name. Rachel. Rachel, sort of briefly on Instagram, were like, we're a couple, yeah. and then like mm. that kind of went away. Mm. And like, I don't, I don't have any 
questions or doubts about either of their sexualities. That's not what I'm curious about. But I don't think that relationship was real. Mm. And I think this is a more successfully carried off version of that. Interesting. Yeah. I would not be surprised to see them properly together at the end of the show. Yeah. 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 It's it's one of those things where it's like, um, and I'm particularly (laughs) thinking about the circumstances here where um, particularly Beck didn't get very much camera time at all. Oh, yeah. And, you know, Carissa was on the show but yeah. you know i think like missed out on the full experience went and home when beck went home right or just after that's true yeah, yeah just after um but i'm not even creating that sort of uh uh parallel uh-huh i just mean like if you were on this show and you put aside a bunch of time in your life and like got invested in doing this thing mm. and then it turned out that you weren't really as big a part of the story as you thought you would be or, you know, you didn't feel like you necessarily got a lot out of it. They're probably also looking at their Instagram numbers and being like, fuck, like... Yeah, I spent six weeks and w- all I got was a I shitty What did I actually t-shirt. gain from this? Yeah, yeah totally. Exactly. And so, like, in a way that I am, you know, I'm saying this without too much scorn or whatever, but I'm like, you would pro- if you were hoping to get something out of this show, like 15 minutes of fame or like a bunch of Instagram followers or something, like... Do you have to pull some kind of stunt like this mm. in order to generate the level of buzz that people maybe once used to get from just being on the show? Mm, true, true. Um, you know, this the 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 new social media guidelines do make it less enticing for people to follow you. Mm. Um, so I wonder, you know, and also like news.com.au, who they exclusively spoke to, would have paid them some money for, for that sure. story. For yeah. sure. Like, you know, uh, and uh, I much in opposition to the show which uh, talks so much about the right reasons and the wrong reasons and that kind of thing. I don't care if they do oh, that. Oh, yeah. Um, but also, like, we are talking a lot about, like, queer narratives. Yeah, and, yeah, fully. Um, I don't know. This is just, like, you know, if if it was solely for profit at the expense of uh, a community of people who are looking for representation, which I'm not suggesting 100% that it is, but I'm like, oh, that would suck. Yeah, you know? you yeah. Know yeah. I mean? um, so, yeah, it's interesting. But, you know... Um, I want to believe that this is an honest mistake or, you know, it comes from a good place. Um, I don't like that this show has programmed me to be so cynical about this kind of stuff. Mm. And I feel like it is a product of me watching this show for five years and like (laughs) having brain worms. Yeah. Yeah. Having brain worms and also like having a lot of people who did do that. And I don't necessarily want to believe that this is the same situation. Yeah. Um, I wonder if we're going to hear about it more later. Like you said, Um, when Beck comes back from the yacht. Or yachts. Whatever Sorry. The, what what is the yacht yachts? situation? <laughs> yeah. What is she doing for work on yachts? Um, but yeah, as Beck said, you never know what the future holds. Yeah. Um, I have enough trouble getting my head around the present, you know? True. Yeah. True. Um, and as- so speaking of present. Oh, please. Present guest to the show, Katie Kendall. <laughs> Thought you were going to do the Coles jingle nope. again. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I am a gift. Thank you for acknowledging mm-hmm. yes. that. Uh, speaking of barely having a hold on the present, um, <laughs> this is our third story this week. I'm very excited about this one. This is a scoop, I think. Like, not a lot of... Well, okay, not... Um, all right, we'll, we'll get into it. Apparently, Kieran Stott is on The Bachelorette Sweden. Yeah, you texted me about this. <laughs> what? Yeah. Uh, Currently? Like, Currently? Like, as we speak. <laughs> I thought he had a new girlfriend. Didn't well, I read that, like, Maybe he does. Maybe it's ago? from The Bachelorette Sweden. Um, so I'm reading Do apparently proof. Like, what is what is this? <laughs> I'm confused. <laughs> Don't touch that dial. <laughs> uh, apparently, so dramatic reported about this in June. So oh. this has been known that he was going to go on the show. But um, so at this point, I'm like, for goodness' sake, people! If you hear about this kind of thing, please get on the Bachelor of Hearts Hearts posting group and let me know. 
I am very invested. I need to know what every single one of the hundreds of people who have been on this show are doing at any mm-hmm, one time. Mm-hmm. Anyway, my interest was peaked this week when I saw an article on Aftenbladet, <laughs> one of my favorite publications. Of course. Uh, about the events leading up to this season's premiere of The Bachelorette Sverige. I, oh, a content warning to any Swedish speaking listeners or whatever. Like, this is going to be, uh, uh, quite bad. Uh, The Bachelor's Farage and The Bachelorette's Farage have just shot back to back seasons at the same location on a Greek island. I was not able to ascertain which one. Uh, on Bachelor's Farage, the runner up Armina Moradi stormed off the show after not being picked by Bachelor Sebastian Martinson, and it was revealed on the subsequent Chijerna of Slojar Alt. Or I'm the begging wi- you to stop trying. <laughs> it's the I'm tunnel. begging you to keep trying. Mm-hmm. Uh, that she stayed at the hotel that they had been shooting at for another few days, during which she spent a night with a participant of the upcoming season of Bachelorette. And that sounds pretty juicy on its own before you learn that the person that she spent that night with is none other than wildcard entry Kieran Stott, who Swedish audiences will know because apparently The Bachelor Australia airs in Sweden. Oh. Interesting. Who knew? Who would want him on the show after watching ours? Well, wonderful question. Um, Not to be outdone by the fact that Swedish audiences get to watch The Bachelor Australia, I switched on my VPN and got to work. Uh, And luckily, Bachelorette's Verage is available for free on the tv4play.se website if you create an account uh, or... What was it? It was like logger in. Um, I think that's what I did. I think I made an account. I I gave some details to someone. Okay, good, good. Uh, I do not speak Swedish. Funnily enough, neither neither does Kieran Stott, which is a real choice. Uh, So anyway, I watched through the whole first episode as it played out in a language that I do not speak or understand. Uh, waiting for Kieran's off-putting voice to ring out across my room, and it wasn't until literally 70 seconds before the end of the episode, at which point the rose ceremony is almost finished, that we hear the loud revving of an engine as Kieran approaches on a khaki-patterned ATV. His voiceover plays, I'm definitely looking forward to meeting Julia. She's not going to be expecting someone all the way from Australia to turn up, and I'm going to steal the show and probably steal her art too. I definitely feel like the other boys should be threatened by me, being from Australia, with an English accent, hot, heavy, ready to go. Was there LSD in that weird drink you gave me? I feel like I'm hallucinating. Uh, so then I looked uh, a little closer and I found out that there are actually four episodes out and he still hasn't been eliminated. So, uh, this segment is getting too long. Uh, I'm going to watch these next few episodes before our next week's episode. We're going to have to touch base on it again then. On what has happened to Kieran Stark. Right, right. Well, I mean, it didn't work out for him on Love Island UK. So Was he on Love Island UK? Yes. What is this? Oh, that, I think I remember that. I think I actually remember that. (laughs) Oh my God. He can't not be on a reality show. I know. He's like one of those people who can't not have a girlfriend. Right. Mm. It has to be a girlfriend on TV. Just an incredibly iconic scene of like all of these Swedish men at a rose ceremony being like, oh, I hope I am. I assume they're saying things like, I hope I get this rose. (laughs) And they're just like, rum, rum, rum. (laughs) So good. And then there's a little clip of the next time on where it is just a conversation fully playing out in Swedish with like 20 men all (laughs) saying things. And then Kieran being like, I don't know what they're saying. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. 
incredible scenes. So that is the news for this week. Uh, very excited to bring those uh, scoops to you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, we have got a lot to talk about on this episode. Um, so I don't want to waste too much time with like an elaborate setup or anything like that. You know, we, t- we tend to take a little while to get into this next part. But I do also think that I'm probably going to need a drink to help me get through what we're talking about here. Unfortunately, all of my usual brightly lit cocktail bars and upmarket drinking establishments are actually closed this afternoon. Um, so I'm going to have to go somewhere a little bit further afield to wet my whistle. Um, perhaps uh, this small, unglamorous, old-style, speakeasy-style haunt uh, with shabby and dated decor will do the trick. But goodness me, it appears I may have wandered into a dive! Deep! You can't... I don't know if the mics are picking up how much you're laughing. And you gotta play the sound, me. Max. <laughs> I have thoughts about the sound. It, oh. it sounds like a shit flopping into a toilet. <laughs> I texted Xavier this. I was like, dude. <laughs> Before we get started, can I say something quickly? Of course, please. I just think because... Um, especially because this episode touches on Indigenous craft and mm. First Nations country. I just wanted to do a quick acknowledgement of country. Oh, great yeah, of course. Um, I wanted to just say we're on Gadigal land and we're in, um, well, as it's, it's so-called by its Australian name, Glebe specifically, which was a place where a lot of um, stolen generations institutional practices took place. And I just want to acknowledge that and also say that like Indigenous culture in Australia, First Nations culture is the longest standing culture that we have and also years. Yeah. the longest tradition of storytelling and mm. i think whenever we do anything creative on stolen land it's a good idea to acknowledge that and just say like you know i'm grateful to have these opportunities and um i'm grateful that we get to learn more about first nations culture on this season of the bachelorette totally i oh, couldn't yeah. agree more. thank you um thank you for that and um yeah i i i uh we'll talk about this on the single day but like that that was an incredible part of of this episode mm. that mm. um you know, there are things that we have liked and not liked about this season, but you can't overlook how important that that kind of stuff Absolutely. Uh, is and has been. Um, anyway, we begin with The Bachelorette Australia, Season 7, Episode 8. Millie brings a date card out to the mansion dwellers and very naturally asks the group who really needs the extra time. Which one of you really needs the extra time? <laughs> And as if the producers had listened to the idea that we suggested on the podcast last week, they've actually included a cute little clue which might point towards what might happen on the single date. Um, The card reads, quote, you keep me coming back for more. So meet me out the front in five, Brooke. And we learn that it's for Holly. Brooke and Holly are going to sit together and do some weaving. I can't help but notice, though, that there is a little bit of a failure to connect with the clue on the group date card. I love that they've taken our idea and run with it, but I feel like it might be fun if they use that little cryptic phrase to, like, let's say, hint at what might be happening on the day <laughs> to, like, get people's imagination fired up and, like, thinking about what might happen. I don't know. It's just a crazy idea of mine. Conrad ITM's here. He's upset that he wasn't given the date card, and he says now Holly's getting a second first single date, which is not <laughs> really how words work. I don't know if that's right. Not sure. Um... There's a lot of narration from Conrad this week. I think yeah. they're like getting every last drop out of it. Yeah, well, they like to do that, you know? Mm. Start to make you think about someone before they brutally remove them. Yeah, it's a it's the pre-departure visibility spike. It's yeah. true, but Conrad has not been suffering for visibility throughout this season This at all. is true. 
Uh, anyway, uh, Holly and Brooke meet at 11.34am for their date. <laughs> I'm sorry, but I am freeze-framing the episode to look at people's watches again. Um... <laughs> I couldn't love you more, Sophia. I, thank you so much. Uh, apparently, I think that's the last time I saw that, but uh, good to know. Anyway, they got a bit of a sleep in that day, and good on them, <laughs> frankly. Um, yeah, they definitely didn't spend, like, three hours getting their makeup and wardrobe legit. done. Legit. <laughs> okay, maybe that's a good point. Uh, we get some product demonstration of Brooke unplugging the hybrid car that she's using to drive them to the date. Thank you very much, Mr. Bishy. Um, before they arrive somewhere in the bush and meet Tegan, a proud Barkinji Yorta Yorta woman... Who lives off country but uses traditional weaving as a way to connect back to country. She has brought some banana fiber from Brooks Noongar Yamachi country and some Lamandra from Holly's country. I'm not sure where They Northern didn't name Beach. it, it's Gringai country, I know because I I I hate to say this on mic, but I also grew up on the Northern Beaches. Hey, <laughs> it's okay, no disrespect. You can I'm bring fairly that certain that's true. At least my school was on Gringai country, mm. so if I'm wrong, I apologize. Um I think, you know, like Brooke is suggesting that they're going to weave them together. And I think that symbolism is like really significant. And Brooke frames this as a coming together. And I think you can feel from both of them that there is like a genuine appreciation for the, the context and the meaning behind this. Action. And particularly from Holly, like it is good to see that, you know? Yeah. Um, Brooke explains that weaving is traditional women's business and explains that she didn't get to do this type of thing very much when she was young, but as she grew into herself, um, her sexuality and her cultural identity, uh, she became more ready to open up to another person. And I just love this so much. Like I am fully in awe. It was of, such a great day of Brooke. Like yeah. this is just a, this is just how it's done. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, but also, it's like I've never seen a date like this on some level. Where right. It's of like, course. There, there is a level of meaning here that the Bachelor franchise has like truly never even begun to try and no i mean uh, you think about dates where they try to introduce people to things that are significant to them and they always do it in this symbolic way like i don't know i can't get this what are you laughing at max i'm remembering the date where richie made everyone eat haggis Okay, yeah, I, I stand it's that corrected. sort of thing. And like the one that popped into my head was like last season with Brooke, the other Brooke. She was like, uh, my my work as a as a um, occupational therapist is so important to me. Yeah, we're going to look after some puppies today. Right. And I was like, I oh. thought you were going to say like, oh, being from Melbourne is so important to me. <laughs> Here's all the stuff. Like, yeah. Being an OT is such a like interesting and important career and she's actually talked on instagram about how she felt like she couldn't represent that well mm, right on the show and i i think if all you were given is puppies that's like really fair mm. whereas i loved this date i think also because it really matched the emotional level of like brooke and holly's connection it, their connection is very like visceral and emotional there's something tactile and, to it you yeah, know yeah it's like very gooey i don't yeah. know how else to describe it but it's very earnest and yeah. this mm. experience felt very earnest and it seemed yeah. to just wrap them together so well i didn't mean that pun because they are <laughs> weaving <laughs> but i also think like um the show itself and the like tone and the direction of it it's not grandstanding here it's not like uh 
you know, we, we've talked a bit about like the making history of it all and like the, you know, openly declaring how progressive they're being as they're trying to be progressive and that kind of thing, like spoiling it a little bit. Yeah, the understatedness of it is is what's working here. We're not standing on the top of a building shouting fucking queer facts at people. Right, right, exactly. <laughs> it's sincere. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Um, Brooke and Holly rug up on a batchy couch and Brooke ITMs that she has thoroughly enjoyed every part of today's date. Um, every part of today's date, for example, weaving together... Um, going in the car, <laughs> getting out of bed. <laughs> uh, Holly tells Brooke, I have quite strong feelings for you and they get stronger every time I see you. I really want to introduce you to my mom and my sister. You would be the first girl that I've brought home to meet my mom. And that thought doesn't scare me. It excites me. <laughs> Holly underlines that her mom's approval is important to her and that she wouldn't bring someone home if she wasn't serious about them. Famous last words. Mm. Yeah, I mean, not even to get into that. I found, re-watching this, I found something really interesting, and I'll try not to get into the hometown thing too long before we get there. Yeah. But Brooke asks Holly this question where she says, what does our relationship look like outside of this? Mm. And Holly doesn't talk about any practicalities. She only talks about how she feels. Yeah. And that, I didn't notice that the first time, and that seems to be the way they've operated is talking about their feelings. Yeah. But as we'll find out later, they don't talk about logistics. And yeah. it's very interesting. Well, And that seems to become a theme as well, because if you think about Conrad, you know, Brooke's really pressing him on the logistics. Right. And we'll talk about that more when we get there too. Yeah. And it's one of those things where it's, it's almost part of the uh, magic act of this show is like things matter with relationships with certain people that don't matter with relationships yeah, with other people. Yeah, yeah. And like, I guess that's true in the real world as well, where it's like, for the right person, you will make different adjustments and compromises mm, than for mm, other mm. people. Um, but it is interesting when you stack all these things up and you're like trying to figure out exactly what Brooke's looking for in a partner or whatever, whoever the lead is. You're just like, it's not necessarily a consistent thing amongst right, them. Right, right. Um, but you're right. Like, you know, they're, they're kind of, they start talking about logistics in the sense that they talk about what city they both live in. And then they're like, ah, you know, whatever. Uh, <laughs> we'll talk about the we'll specifics later. Uh, Brooke tells Holly that she feels lucky to spend time with her and she wants to keep doing it. So she offers her a rose. Beautiful, lovely, whatever. Um, group date. Everybody arrives. At <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm moving quickly because this episode does not matter. It doesn't grand, matter. Grand it doesn't matter. Uh, everybody arrives at a football field where Osher Ginsberg introduces them to Miller, Jacob and Kalen. Three random children who will be used as props for the show. <laughs> I just want to say, like Art Oval, I live right around the corner. Hey! Incredibly rude that I wasn't invited. I know, I know. I would have very happily just watched, yeah, you know? That was probably the one day that you were hanging out Oh, there I would anyway. not have happily participated. <laughs> that was a series of activities that I hated as a child. <laughs> Brooke, quite earnestly, and I love her trying to do this, she tries to filter this through the lens of her work with families and communities as a support worker. She's like, oh, well, this is, you know, this is important to me. It's like, it's like no, it's not. Like, <laughs> are we kidding? Uh, it's the exact same You'll vibe. You'll never see these boys again. Exactly. And it's like... And it's meant to be the parenting crash test. Right. Yeah. But there's no... Which they do almost every season, but there's yeah. no real parenting. They're just yeah, sort of like... Yeah, it being the parenting crash tackle, didn't it? <laughs> I mean, I'm glad that it didn't play out exactly like the, I mean, how quickly can you change this baby's nappy? I mean, that would be very That's strange if it played fun. out exactly yeah, yeah. like that. Um, but, you know, like With that. grown children. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that stuff is always pretty tiresome. So yeah. at least this, like, at least they're moving along in a bit of a clip. Although, as I've said, I was not thoroughly impressed by this episode. Um, making a good impression will earn one lucky player some extra time with Brooke. 
uh, Kurt, the smooth-brained king and the first contestant from this season to reach Nirvana. Um, <laughs> he's, he's, he's also a sports mentor. And so, you know, he ITMs that he's just returned from working with kids in remote central, central Australia for six months. I'm like, wow, we're learning oh, a lot about Kurt. Kurt here. I knew this um, because I read Go the on. entirety of Kurt's Instagram when I tried to find out what his star sign uh-huh. was. Anytime a star sign has been mentioned on this show, I just want to say I was the background researcher. I go. brought those stats to Xavier. That's mm-hmm. true. Yeah. Um, but uh, men are so... They don't post about their birthdays. The only way to find out a man's birthday is if a woman has tagged them in a post about their birthday. Uh Nothing. But Kurt speaks so passionately about the work that he did, like, with children and teaching kids to swim. And I just think he's the loveliest man. Yeah, seems so nice. Absolutely not a bad word to say about him at all. No. Some funny words to say about him. There's some great words coming up. (laughs) Like, when when, when he mentioned that he was... uh, that he was like doing work and mentoring in remote central Australia. I could not help but picture him just kind of, just kind of wandering, you know, <laughs> just kind of like nomadically sort of pacing from place to place, perhaps following the breeze. Maybe he got lost one day and instead of worrying about it or, you know, try- getting too stressed out, he just sort of began to carve out a new life for himself in a remote <laughs> community. Incredible. And isn't that a skill? Like oh, I, I, think, I love it. So beautiful. I think it's interesting. I, I, I don't know if this is the right moment to get into it, but like there's obviously been a lot of jokes about him being something of a empty brained man yeah. or a, but I actually, I think he seems actually one of the more emotionally intelligent people Absolutely. on the show. Yeah. And like what he, he's actually smart. He's just not very articulate. That's right. And I think it's interesting because some of the more articulate oh. people on the show can be, are you going to do... I, no, I, I don't know. Like, maybe he is... I, I think it's not that he's not articulate. I yeah. think that it's he's articulate in a completely different way to what we're used to seeing on television. It's grounded and it's yeah. down to earth. And there's these people who say these beautiful things and these smart things, but they don't mean anything. Yeah. Whereas everything he says, he seems to really believe. It's felt. Which I just... It's yeah. beautiful. I, I love just, him. It's <laughs> such fascinating casting because he doesn't strike you as a character or, like... I mean, now that we have grown with him and, and understood some more like levels of him, I am just so grateful that whatever dirtbag reality TV casting agent was just like, because they probably cast him just being like, oh, this guy has a six pack, like, you know, he will fulfill the like tall, muscular hunk role or whatever. Mm-hmm. We can play him off as dumb. Yeah, exactly. But I think that there is an unexpected level that maybe they have learned along the way and that we have all sort of grown to ac- appreciate about him. Yeah. Um, I They're mean, leaning pretty heavy into, like, the Tim Hanley, Angie Kent season playbook, you know? Mm. Like, there's that portrayal of a man who speaks funny that they have had success with before. But Kurt is so pure mm. that it takes away some of the, the natural comedic beats, I think. Mm. And instead, it just feels genuine. And I could not have enjoyed watching him more on this season. I feel like they're giving him... Um, he is, like, the yin to uh i ivan's yang oh, in a yeah. way like the way that they traded ivan um yeah who you know has made some mistakes and uh is was pretty objectionable in some you know episodes of that show but like the the, the blending of the avocado you just well, sure. cancel <laughs> sure. that no i know what you're talking but about but i mean like <laughs> i i found such similarity in the avocado blending moment with a line that he says later um, mm, for sure we'll talk about and i i feel like there's there's some just in the way that they are trying to handle him or try, like the lens that they're trying to make us view him through. Yeah. Um, but I think they're loosening that grip at this point. Anyway. 
it's an interesting cast as well for this date because along with Kurt, who is the sports mentor, we've got a PE teacher in Luca. We've got a gym leader, um, Millie. Um, I assume that's what. Yeah, it. she has Stami. She has Golduck. <laughs> Not Squirtle though. That's Conrad. no, no, no. That's that's taken. Right. We'll get to that. Uh, and then we also have former Australian Test cricketer Merv Hughes. Oh no, sorry, that's Will. That's a different. <laughs> different moustache guy what i love is i don't watch cricket but i know exactly what you mean <laughs> me too that was really good ask me to name one more cricketer i will not uh you will not oh <laughs> thank you for being impressed by that <laughs> no just laugh. very just basic do- joke oh. Ooh. we got there mm-hmm. uh the first event is an egg and spoon race which luca appears to be the star of um love this i feel like every show should have an egg and spoon race at some point um, yeah, what I loved is that um, Luca was like he's absolutely smashing it, and I was like, <laughs> the point of an egg and spoon race is to never smash it. <laughs> it was such a choice of language. <laughs> I reckon egg and spoon race is a gimme for Squid Game season two. I haven't watched Squid Game. Well, either. someone listening oh, is thinking I'm very I'm clever. So and sorry. You guys can both go. Oh, if you like. <laughs> oh. oh. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> Uh, then there's a jigsaw puzzle, which Kurt apparently handles really well. I've written here, I am sitting here on Saturday morning re-watching this episode, and I have absolutely no memory of this taking place. Incidentally, I have no memory of writing that either. So. I don't remember anything about this date because I was busy um, allocating songs from Taylor Swift's album Red to each of the oh, remaining yeah. contestants. A dynamite um, tweet. So I was just, I, this happened, I wasn't there. Yeah. In the final round, one person per team has to protect a pile of miscellaneous footballs and the others have to try and retrieve them without making any physical contact. Millie's competitive streak comes out, like, a little bit. Like, not that much. Right? I was like, she just sort of wants to win and they're making it out like she's the devil. It's like the major plot thread of this entire episode is, like, Millie... I don't know. She nudges Will out of the way and then grabs a ball and brings it back before she takes the penalty that she has just earned by doing that. I watched it a couple of times. I was like, oh, I guess you shouldn't have done that. And like, that's it. Um, But Millie has made the crucial error that a lot of people make uh, of thinking that winning the group date will help in some way. (laughs) It does not work like that. Um, There was one time when it worked like that that happened earlier this season before Millie got there, interestingly enough. Yeah. um, Mm -hmm. When Emily got an automatic group date rose in episode three. But that rose was the acceptance to the rule, very commonly held, which is just like, these group dates are fucking pointless. They're a huge waste of time. Well, And, and that, the lead just picks whoever they want. Yes. That really worked out for Emily as well. So it's <laughs> yeah, really, it went great for her. Really well in the show. Mm. I think it was next episode that she went home. Yeah. As if Brooke was like, the fucking audacity. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you. But Brooke ends up picking Kurt for the extra time. Um, and they pick up where they left off in the group day extra time in episode five. Kurt tells Brooke that he wants to spend his life doing something with purpose improving the lives of others. Um, They both agree that they want to have three kids eventually, and Kurt is serious about getting married someday. Oh, when he was like, 
I just want to show her that I really love her and marriage isn't the only way to do that, but it's a way to do that. Mm. And I want her to know that I love her so much. Mm. I was like, I want to read this man's wedding vows. Oh yeah. Like they're going to be the most sincere, gorgeous thing. I want to go straight and marry him. Like he he is, I haven't even mentioned that I'm a lesbian yet, which is crazy because nothing queer has happened. I mean, other than Holly's date with Brooke, which is obviously default queer, but I'll probably get more into this later when um, a particular mother talking about female partners sure. comes onto sure. the screen. Yeah. Um, they share a kiss. Brooke offers him a rose. Kurt ITMs, Brooke makes you feel a little bit giddy and the sparks are flying again. It makes you feel pretty good. Every time I spend time with her, I sort of start to envisage myself with her in the future. And I think I'm falling for her a little bit. Cute. Beautiful. We love Kurt. Can't say enough good words about Kurt. I, oh, I love him. Yeah. And it's rare for me to love a man on this show, like, mm. without reservation. Yeah. Like, mm. I, I, I liked him a lot, and I liked Kieran a lot, as we all did. We were flawed back then. Mm. Um, but I just feel like Kurt, I don't doubt that he's yeah. lovely, because he seems incapable of duplicity. Yeah. Even yeah. Conrad, <laughs> who I think is one of the hottest people I've ever seen in my life, and yeah. who has done pretty much nothing but really good things on this show... There's still an element of like, yeah, but what if he, you know? Yeah. Whereas with Kurt, I, for some reason, that's not there. Right. Conrad, at the cocktail party, Conrad produces another date card, but it's actually not a date card. It's not for anyone in particular, and it doesn't have a fun little clue on it. I'm getting angry now. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a bit of paper with a script on it that Osher should be reading, but he's just not there for whatever reason. Mm. Don't know. Filming Mars Singer. Yeah, he wasn't there the whole time. That's yeah. true. Just weird. Oh, wait, was there a rose ceremony later? Uh, hard to say. I remember nothing from yep. this episode. I just feel like this is a perfect opportunity for Tings that we are being robbed of. Uh. Um, Conrad reads it out and it says, Time is running out and every second counts. So by the end of tonight, Brooke will choose the person who gets the final single date. Like, why not just have Brooke say that? Yeah, I don't, don't know. Conrad is obviously the producer. I resent babe. the return of the date cards in the form where they are not fun. <laughs> right. You know, right. the point of the date card Don't give it to us at all. Is to bring extra joy to the episode, to give you a silly little clue <laughs> and spend about five seconds wondering who it's what gonna it be. Might be. And, who it and might I be like that Me too. Yeah. So give it back. I wouldn't <laughs> Um I'm also confused by this because as we're about to discuss According to the narrative, everybody has arbitrarily picked tonight as the night that they're going to give Brooke a special gift that the producers have helped them put together, right? Yeah, they all, when they announce the date card, mm. I had to screen cap Jamie Lee's face because she has the most, like, intense look of shock on her face. Right. Mm. That it's like a kid doing their first play. Yeah, who's for sure. like, something shocking's happened and they're like, <gasps> <laughs> whereas every single one of them, like, they've gone full wise men and they all have gifts. Right. Like. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's like they have had to prepare for this date. So yeah. they can't be surprised that this is the last, like... I, I, I'm fine with them all giving gifts and stuff. Like, that's oh, yeah. wonderful. Why not I spice it up? I think it would be cool to frame it and be like, everyone has brought something special for Brooke tonight. You right. Know? Like, yeah, yeah. Um, Brooke emerges in a dazzling red dress and grabs Luca, remember him, uh, who tells her, I've got something special for you, before saying, quote, it's called a little romantic adventure box. Good lord. Why would you say it's called this if you put it to... I don't know. 
Uh, Why not say this is my little romantic lunchbox? <laughs> uh, this is what they told me to say. Um, <laughs> he opens it and he reveals both a small model of a fighter jet, which has been clearly spray painted silver all over, and a photo taken of the two of them on their single date, standing in front of an airplane, hugging one another. And I want to point out, because I did freeze frame it, that this photo is really grainy. And, like, genuinely looks like whatever they used to print this out had some kind of malfunction. <laughs> That's so funny. Like, like I guess at the mansion they don't have a printer, so they had to, like, I don't know. They just I, they rushed into Officeworks and they were like, I don't know what to ask for. Like, fair enough. You know. There are a bunch of people in their, like, 20s who owns a printer. Yeah, sure, but my he didn't printer do it. Like, it's, it's, it's production, right? Surely they have a printer somewhere. <laughs> but it might be, like, my printer was just so shit, which is bad because I run a small business where I print things. Mm. Um, and it's a I... great printer and everything you sell at your business <laughs> is wonderful. Well, I get things printed in Officeworks, but, go. like, I spent, I invested in a printer that, mm. like, was supposed to print photos really well, and I just, I did it once, and I can't find the setting to do it again. Okay. Mm. So that's the printer they have. They have my printer. Right, okay. I printed it. <laughs> so cool. I subcontract as a printer Great, for them. great. <laughs> this is why we brought you on for this episode. Yes. And by the way, I thought it was great. And I take back the mean things I said about it. <laughs> Brooke holds out the plane and says, oh, wow, this is cool. Um, in the same way that I did when I asked for Grand Theft Auto San Andreas for Christmas in 2004, my parents got me the video game based on the movie, based on the book, A Series of Unfortunate Events. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, no, no. Still healing. Nearly 20 years I can't later. imagine how bad that game must be. It sucks. Because you're playing as the baby and you're like crawling through air vents or something. You're playing as the no. baby. Well, you play, you, you switch off between the three, yeah. uh, the tr- children for different parts but there's a point where the baby got stuck in an air vent and like dies i think and i couldn't get past the baby's unhinged in those books baby not meant to go in air vent i'll say Baby not meant to do anything no Mm. no sharp teeth but still no baby learns to cook in the end that becomes the baby's (laughs) special talent maybe that's what i should have fuck okay i gotta get that game again (laughs) cook my way out of there uh, Millie is next to get some alone time and she has brought some sangria for them to share. She tells Brooke that her dad's side is Spanish and she dreams of going to Spain to meet the other side of her family. This feels smart to me. It's like a cultural connection, uh, to rival David's Persian tea ceremony from night one. Mm-hmm. Pretty sensible. Didn't seem to help that much, but whatever. And then we get something quite unexpected from Jamie Lee. I, I'm not sure why they didn't include the footage of, like, everybody else in the cast looking over as, like, two production assistants lugged this out and <laughs> set it up on the veranda. Um, but instead, we just cut directly to Brooke stepping up onto it. It is a wooden box about a foot high off the ground, maybe a meter square. And Jamie Lee reads the following piece to her from a large piece of gold patent paper. I actually might get you to read it. Would that be okay if I, I would, send this to you? I'd love to, Yeah. Give it to me. Hang on, hang on. Let's do it. I'm going to write a poem based on it. Oh, beautiful. I've already done one from her first night um, for the new zine. Uh, like the letter she wrote on the first night. Oh, yeah, oh yeah, 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 yeah. I've also got, I don't know if Xavier told you this, for Xavier's birthday. I haven't I, shared this with Max yet. No, well, I'll share it with everyone. Um, For Xavier's birthday, I did. So I have this scene called Will You Accept This Prose where I took like songs and poems and speeches from the show. And I rewrote them as 
good poems. Okay. <laughs> to toot my own horn. I never know how to They're say They're very that. good. They're very good. <laughs> Thank you. I'll vouch. Of course. They're um, wonderful. For Xavier's birthday, I took the famous Jamie Dorn piss speech mm. and I turned it into a romantic poem. Oh. Which was not um, easy, but also very fun. It's and phenomenal. I've been wondering since then how best to like spread it amongst the community that we have because it's, it's it's definitely too good be to in just waste scene. like yeah i don't want to just burn it in an episode i you wonder know? if there should be a live performance of mm. it oh happily mm. happily mm. something to think about um okay let me give you this oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh i have so many you thoughts don't about have this. to if you don't want no, to no 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 in my eyes you deserve to be on a pedestal and you always have, and you always will be with me. I promise, wherever our journey takes us, I will always see you in this light. I hope we get to continue this journey of finding love with you, because I could see myself very easily falling in love with you. So, this is fucked. <laughs> <laughs> what, what we the reason think? I found... the So, the evolution of Jamie Lee is a thing I found really fascinating. Because mm-hmm. on the first night, I was obsessed with her. Mm, like, I yeah. was like, this is it for Brooke. Like, I really think that this is a magical love story. Lost I in the lo- past, the whole thing. I yeah. love, like, people who are friends and and fall in love. I think that's such a beautiful, beautiful. phenomenon. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, And, like, a big part of, like, queer literature, I feel like. Oh, it's such a queer like, thing to and do. And also, like, romance novels and, like, all yeah. the stuff that yeah. Bachelor is eating, you know. Yeah. Like, the idea of pining for a friend for a long time and then falling in love is, like, a really mm. lesbian and queer thing to do. Mm. But I think the thing that Jamie Lee has revealed over time is that she's actually, like, sort of infatuated with the idea of Brooke rather Mm -hmm. than Brooke herself. And she seems to be determined to prove to Brooke that she thinks Brooke is perfect and Brooke doesn't have flaws and she deserves to be held above all others, which is a really unhealthy way to go about having a relationship with someone. Mm. And it's also just not very interesting. When no. it comes down to it, yeah. it's like, okay. I like, didn't find it very romantic. It was a bit clear that Brooke didn't find it very romantic. Mm, a bit mm. like the, the scrapbook, you know? Like, oh, it's right, another fucking right. scrapbook she's from just, Jamie Lee. She's pushing and pushing and pushing to prove something to Brooke that feels to me that if it was there, you wouldn't have to try that hard. Right, mm. right. And also, who wants to establish a relationship where that is the power dynamic? Know what because I mean? that's already the power dynamic a bit of The Bachelor. Of course. The person who is the lead is idealized because, especially in this environment where you're not meant to hook up with anyone else, but a bunch of you have the same like sexual orientation towards each other or towards yeah. the men on the show. Yeah. Like, you kind of have to put her on a pedestal, but it's... You don't look. Sorry, no, you don't. Okay, the other thing I want to say, and this is niche for my Sydney lesbians, um, back when an event called Birdcage, which was a lesbian night thing, um, was located at Sly Fox, they used to bring out this little stage. Sly Fox is a tiny bar, if you haven't been there. Mm. They used to bring out this stage that was pretty much exactly the same as that but it was like dingy and black mm-hmm. and like two people at a time would get up and dance on it and it was the strangest phenomenon mm. in the entire world but as soon as she put her up on that pedestal i was like lesbian representation <laughs> it's the tiny stage from sly fox so uh for my fellow birdcage survivors which is a big thing to do when you're like freshly 18 and uh-huh. gay and mm. you've never like mm. been in that environment before i hope other people also thought of that i nearly tweeted about it but i was like no one's gonna get this you'll find <laughs> i think you'll find those people in the, oh, the space show yeah yeah, yeah sure. they're listening yeah my people um the other the thing that jumped out at me and maybe it shouldn't have been the first thing that jumped out at me at me but it kind of speaks to my experience of just watching so much bachelor is 
this word journey being used a couple of times um, in, in this little speech, which is like pre-written. It's not an accident. Right. Um, I think like to me, this feels like a way to ground your expectations for this relationship firmly within the world of The Bachelor. Like, do you think, does using the language of the show more like, more, does using the language of the show more mean that you don't see the relationship existing outside of it? Like, I'm curious as to whether this is on some level an attempt to sabotage or like, you know, or a realization that it may not, in fact, end up working. I don't know. I mean, I'm thinking too much about yeah, this Yeah, I thing. feel like that's 3D chess. But, but I 40, see what you're 40. saying. In 3D chess is a different thing. When you're yeah. saying, but I, I just feel like it's called chess. chess. Yeah. yeah, it's regular chess. <laughs> but I feel like she's saying things like, I could see myself falling in love with you. She's saying journey in there a couple of times. I'm just like, where does that actually come from? I think she's just emulating the language of the show. Yeah. She's been mm. on it. She clearly watches it. And I think if you were starting to feel insecure about your connection, I can see how you would be like, not even necessarily consciously, this is the language that works on this show and that other people have used. Yeah, that makes sense. So especially if there are producers helping her write it, yeah. which it's not that greatly written. Mm. So you'd hope that, you know, she didn't have help or they're not working very hard. Mm. Uh, but also, you, would you want sole credit for it? Maybe you could... I wouldn't. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> but I also think that the, um, the fact that it has the I can see myself falling in love with you on there and she is reading it off a piece of paper... Like, that is the first time that she's actually declared that. She has spoken those, like, magic words or whatever. Yeah. Which, obviously, we know from watching seasons upon seasons of this show that that is an important step along the way of, like, showing how close towards or, like, how much you believe this is a real thing and that kind of thing. To read that off a piece of paper, I feel like it's just a huge no-no. Oh, yeah. Like, you want you want that to feel like it is from the heart, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, not from the page. Yeah. Not the, the person standing a meter above you. Oh, it's oh, weird. It's so strange. Uh, anyway, even, uh, Tom Selleck. Oh no, I'm sorry. It's, it's Will again. Um, different moustache guy. Um, even Will gets a moment with Brooke in which he gives her a ring, which hilariously we don't even get to see. Um, there's one shot where they try and frame it and it's blocked behind Brooke's knee, which is really funny. Yeah, it's silver. Yeah. That's it. Just That's... a flash of silver going mm-hmm. onto her middle finger. Uh... It's not we we can very savior of me to pay that close of attention, <laughs> but I wanted to try and see it. Yeah, yeah. we can rule out burgering. We can r- rule out <laughs> Cheeto, um, Cheezel, not Cheeto. Could have been Cheezel. Is that what they're called? Which one? Which one's the ring? The ring Cheezel's is the Cheezel. Yeah, Cheeto is a little ball. That's right. Yeah. My brain is having a strange time accepting that it's called a Cheezel, but that's okay. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Um, look, this show presents challenges. <laughs> presents challenges to all of us. But yeah. cheesel representation is important. Yeah, I so agree. true. Yeah, fir- and well, how we- dare of me to neglect it? <laughs> Appreciate to erase you it. Taking mm-hmm. responsibility. Uh, Mid conversation with Will, a bunch of flowers are brought over to the table. The person who brings them looks so much like a work experience kid. <laughs> it's like wearing a white shirt tucked into black dress pants and this Blake. I'm sorry, the black face mask that he's wearing made me think that it could have actually just been Will, mm-hmm. except for the fact that Will is also in frame on the other side. <laughs> it's the Spider-Man, man. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, Brooke reads the card out loud. It is signed off from your not-so-secret admirer. It, com- it becomes pretty clear that they are from David. David is rewarded with some uncontested alone time with Brooke in their special little indoor area. Yet again, he's got a spot. He's got a spot. 
I like it. But it just means he wins. Yeah. Pathetic I mean, showing from him, frankly, though, with the flowers. With the flowers. This like, is what I was thinking, Those right? are the flowers you buy last minute when it's Mother's Day and you need to get something and, and you're I at Roses and Co. Yeah, with yeah. everyone else yeah. and that's the, like, 60 bucks bunch of flowers you don't have to think about. Done. He is so pleased with himself. I know. Sit down I know. Here. So happy. He's like, oh, I just wanted to get you something. And it's like, everyone just wanted to get her something. <laughs> and what's more, you picked the most obvious, like, least effort. Mm. Like, fucking, Yours is someone the had worst to spray thing. paint mm, that, mm, pa- mm. that plane. David tells her, you're a beautiful person and I'm just excited. I get excited when I see you. As soon as I see you, I feel like I lose my cool straight away. Great, exciting stuff from David. Lovely. Sure. Yeah. I like David. Yeah. He's I, I, totally fine. Yeah. It's interesting because I don't think I did care about David before this scene and before the next date. Yeah. Because right. we met him on day one, you yeah, know? Yeah. He was great. The guy that abseiled in a suit was great. Yeah. Like, that was an exceptional, like, first mm. date. Mm. But I just sort of lost interest in him because they did the front really runner seen, thing where yeah. they barely showed him. Yeah, That's the thing, and he just becomes the default option. Mm. It's the same. Mm. I, I feel to me, it feels like a similar thing that they did with Holly, uh, not on this season, but Holly and Jimmy Nicholson's yeah, season, yeah, yeah. where it's like so obvious from the moment that they enter the show that they're going to win. Yeah, just by the edit, like just by them appearing for a moment and then getting to be having a moment on the red carpet, mm. getting the early date having uh being presented as having a profound emotional connection with the bachelor or mm-hmm. bachelorette and check then, back in a little bit here and there yeah but not here's a little bit of weird drama that's happened yeah they did it much better with holly last season than they did with a david's uh getting extra time with brooke on the seat <gasps> that's right yeah that was the drama that, that he was like the, yeah. on the night he had his date he took some extra time and like... again they've tried to do it here with um he gave her some flowers <laughs> During Will's very important ring moment. The ring ceremony. Mm. And I feel Their like betrothal. there is still a chance, there's still every chance for me to come around on him by the end of the finale. Yeah. Like, that is what those episodes are built to do, is to make you go, oh, this was there the whole time? Like, yeah, I can't yeah, believe this yeah, is under yeah. our noses. But during the part of the season where he is, like, just camping out, waiting for everyone else to go away or whatever, yeah. you just, I just can't get excited about it. I just you think know? he's gentle and sweet. Sure. Mm-hmm. I, not, a we- not a bad word to say about him. I'm just like, yeah. he is the default option right yep. now. We're about yeah. to get into that more when we see his date, which is quite amazing. Yeah. Conrad has some time with Brooke next uh, at a batchy couch in the garden. Not the love seat that he made her. Just a like a wicker <laughs> chair. Um, if anyone's wondering. Um, and he presents her with a little necklace with a rose on it, which matches one that he's been wearing throughout the whole season. I really like this. It's By far like the best a, gift. Yeah, I mean, melted it is, my heart. Yeah, because it's like a little turn of the tables. You know, he yeah. gets to offer her a rose, and also like that is a that is a meaningful thing that like fucking imagine like, where that plane is in yeah. her house now. Yeah, if she, she doesn't if it made have it out it. of the mansion. You know what I mean? Like, There's, oh, that like everything except for um, the ring. Did the ring get sold on eBay? I don't know what happened, but like and everything probably, else other than the necklace. It probably got given back to him. In the bin. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. And maybe right. it's They're in some like, props closet in yeah. the Channel 10 headquarters. Yeah, I think I think the plane is in a bin. I yes. was in a bin from the second that he went home. I don't, I don't even know if she'd have taken the flowers back. You know, yeah, there's just sure, like so sure. much. She got handed crap. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, flowers literally. is so funny because there is, there is no building in the world that contains more flowers than the Bachelor Mansion. It's like, yeah, what are you doing? And there could have been interesting ways to do that. Like, 
I'm sure there are particular flowers that grow on Brooks country. Like that oh, would be yeah. a beautiful yeah. thing to yeah. do. Yeah. yeah. And be like, Hey, here's a taste of home or like, you know, I know this is important to you or whatever. Nope. But it's like giving her a fucking glass of water. Like, <laughs> <really>? <laughs> I don't think that's, yeah. Anyway. Um, Brooke, oh, oh, we're getting into it. We're getting into it. I'm just reading ahead of my notes. Uh, Brooke notices Conrad's pink and blue painted nails. And instead of saying something cool, like, oh, yeah, well, we're on TV and I wanted to, like, subtly show my support for the trans community who aren't being represented by this season. Because it's that exact shade of pink and blue. In the back of my mind, I'm like, that could be really interesting. But instead, he says, I think they're like gender reveal nails. (laughs) (sighs) And he asks Brooke to pick a finger and that will be the gender of their firstborn child. And then, because there's only two, and she picks his middle finger and he holds it up and it's pink and he says, it's a girl, because pink is a girl's color. Yep. Mm. As a girl, I never go anywhere not in pink. Mm. We're not allowed it's to. true. You dressed in pink right now. I'm wearing, right. yeah, yeah. I definitely don't have blue pants on. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, Brooke reappears to give both the rose and the last single date to Darvit. And it's framed by Conrad saying, I think I need another drink after that. Yeah. Uh, good on you, Conrad. Um, this is th- that's like the only thing I think that Conrad has really done wrong, like the whole yes. season. So I'm like, I don't want to come down on him like a ton of bricks. It's more just like something he didn't do. Yeah. I'm just like, come on. I think it would have been. Ugh, it's hard because it was clearly like an, a a close conversation that they had, but we don't see any. Like we didn't see that with Jamie Lee, other than the pedestal or whatever. So I actually think they could have cut that quite easily. Mm rather than, like, bringing that into the show. Because it yeah. doesn't actually... Oh, I guess his painting. I guess I couldn't cut it because of that. But mm. I don't know. I just didn't love it. Yeah. Agreed. So, at the rose ceremony, David, Holly, and Kurt already have roses. And so, uh, two people have to be sent home for some reason. Brooke hands out the roses to Conrad, Jamie, Lee, and Millie. So, it is finally time to say farewell to Hulk Hogan. Um, oh, no, sorry. I... <laughs> I meant Will, yeah. Uh, different moustache guy. Uh, as well as Luca. Will leaves without a word. Um, I think he has probably had about three lines of dialogue <laughs> in the entire season. Uh, Luca whispers to Brooke, I hope you do find happiness and farewells the group. He walks out alone, but is given the chance to speak in a backseat interview saying, I was envisioning myself with Brooke in my future and obviously being in love was a part of that. Should have been a lot of it. Uh, (laughs) But I'm not sure what went wrong or where I went wrong. I am upset. It does suck. But I know that my time will come. And I really hope Brooke finds the right one. Will gained just 83 Instagram followers this week. Leaves the show having gained just 315 since preseason. And will be remembered for that one time he appeared on camera to say that he was planning to just hover towards the back of the group date and not get in the way. (laughs) I think I think also one time he took his shirt off. Was he one of the dudes who did that a couple of dates? Oh, back? he did take his shirt off. Yeah. Maybe. Luca did slightly better this week. He got three hundred and one new followers for a series total of one thousand four hundred and fifty nine. Uh, we're gonna remember him for Top Gun. <laughs> pew, pew, pew. It's so interesting because he would have fit kind of perfectly on older seasons of The Bachelor. Definitely. Like yeah. He's very that mold, but sure. he made no sense in this new context where there is a lot of men doing very interesting emotional work. Yeah. 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 I agree. Make a lot of sense on a future season of paradise. Yeah. That too. Yeah. 
No time to waste. Let's get right into The Bachelorette Australia Season 7, Episode 9. And we just launch right into our final group date out on the lawn. Osher asks Brooke how important inner beauty is, or fucking something, uh, and he tells the group that they're going to be expressing what they know and how they feel about Brooke through the medium of visual art. As usual, they're competing for some extra time, although with hometowns looming and the last single date already locked in, stakes are pretty high. We see Brooke getting some final touches from her hair and makeup team as she reveals that she will be bearing it all. I said that the wrong way. <laughs> it all. That is what she said. That, we've seen more of her at cocktail parties. Incredibly right. true. <laughs> uh, she'll be bearing it all for this life modeling session, saying in ITM, every time a woman is naked, it's immediately sexualized. And today is not about that. I've got six amazing potential partners left, and I want them to see all of me, physically, emotionally, spiritually, all my flaws, all my vulnerabilities, all my scars, and still love me. I have a lot of thoughts about this. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, I do. I do. So um, at the beginning of last year, Xavier's partner and my wife, Evie, <laughs> who is an exceptionally talented artist. Did um, the art for this Did the cover art. Pod. Yeah, it's true. Um, Amongst other better, you know... What very accomplished? And, she's just know. so ta- she's so talented. Um, don't get me started. And right? she's hot. We love her. Oh, yeah. she's gorgeous. Oh, <laughs> she's the most beautiful woman. Anyway, we love her. <laughs> I love her. Hey, <laughs> Evie, I love you. I love you too. I hope Hello. you're enjoying your, your disgusting fillet of fish on the way back from the coast. Um, so at the beginning of last year, she started taking me to life drawing classes, cool. and I'd never drawn like seriously before um and it was so nice and so fun and like she is such an amazing teacher like she was really good at helping me learn things and it was a really cool way of looking at women's bodies kind of in this way that Brooke is talking about uh and then the pandemic happened Mm. um and this like beautiful thing that Evie and I've been doing every week together kind of went away and she and I made this decision to start to keep doing it drawing off pictures of ourselves, but also pictures of each other. And we started sending nudes back and forth mm. um, and drawing them and having that be a way that we connected with each other. But it was also really profound for me in starting to connect with my own body. Mm. Like, yeah, right. no longer looking at it just through this critical lens that a lot of women and a lot of men and everyone is trained to look at their bodies yeah. in that way. I started looking at my body for its shapes and the way that it Mm. could be art and the way that it could be this thing that both was and wasn't sexual at the same time, Mm. which is a thing I'm more interested in, I guess, than the idea of just saying like, we should look at women's bodies as not sexual. I like the idea of looking at those two things and how they kind of play with each other and interrelate and all Mm -hmm. the different ways you can view a body um, and so I was really excited when they saw they were going to do this. No one did life drawing. <laughs> no one, no one attempted to draw her bearing at all. Right. One of the biggest missed opportunities. I mean, not like, I mean, it, it probably, you know, comes out a little strange to be like, well, I didn't get to see anything or whatever. But it's like, I, you could sense that nobody was up to the challenge or willing no, to engage No, everyone, when level. they said you're going to be doing visual art, looked like they were absolutely stacking it. Yeah. Like it was not a good time right. for this any is, of them. Of all of the uh, Bachelor dates that I might envisage myself on, this is the worst one for me. 
Whereas Evie and I were immediately like, I mean, she hasn't watched it yet, but I was immediately texting her and being like, oh my God, this is so exciting. Like we would love to be on this mm. date and we'd have so much fun if we were doing it. I do feel like they set the stakes pretty high though. Yeah. Um, I'm like, also curious about how much time they got. Yeah. Because yes. stuff looked unfinished. Oh, to we will me. get it. We have, I've got a detailed rundown of all of these paintings. <laughs> so. um, the group enters the room and an artist named Laura sets the stage for this date. Brooke tells them that it was her idea and came to her in a dream, saying, It's about what you see, not with your eyes, but with your heart. And like all of this stuff that's ramping up to it, I just feel like is just snowballing pressure for these people to be like, Oh my God, I have to summarize everything. Like, from a very meaningful inner place, um, using a skill that I have maybe never attempted, or, you know, like, these are not experienced artists, I don't mm, necessarily mm. think. Um, but uh, everybody is very focused and taking it very seriously before those telltale pizzicato strings kick in. As Kurt ITMs, the stakes are high today, and I feel like I've got these big ideas already circulating in my head. Before we see footage of him asking the group... Does anyone know how to make the color gray? I love, I love. I love him. Do you know? Iconic. Update here. Mm-hmm. Kurt has since learned how to make gray. Is that uh, really? Yes. Um, Millie texted him on the night that the episode airs. Yeah. And he says in an interview with Punky, it's just black and white. I honestly had no idea. Hey, it stumped me. I'm like, gray? It's such a weird color. It, I mean, look, Kurt's not wrong. He's not wrong. He also says... It's a high pressure situation, which is also extremely true of yeah. what you're saying. I completely yeah. agree. Yeah. Um, I do think that making gray is a little more complicated because you do have to add flour, salt, <laughs> a little red wine, uh, just a little uh, dark tomato sauce. I thought you were about to yeah, do that. Yeah, me too. I, I, was, too. Look, I looked at you both and I was like, I feel like this is coming and I'm not going to step on it. Oh, yeah. So you both thought of the joke and I was the one who fucking Everyone said it. sat here and was like, someone's going <laughs> to. <laughs> the other, the yeah. other thing he said, I don't know if you're about to get on it, but he was like, I don't, I don't know much about visual art. I feel like I need a lesson. Yeah. Oh. Um, what, does, what does red and green make? Yellow? Right. And I tweeted about this and I was like, whatever you want it to be, King. Like yeah. you, you set your own stage and about... Three or four um, dudes, I presume they're all men, that might be an assumption, <laughs> were like, actually in RGB, if you mix red and green, it does make yellow. And one guy was like, I don't even watch the show, but I thought I'd let you know. And I was like, <laughs> I don't need to be let know. <laughs> yeah. How are they finding you? Like, this is I, your bachelor posting account. I genuinely account. don't know. Maybe mm. people they know, because it got quite a few likes, maybe it popped mm. up on people's feeds. Yeah. But I was like, he doesn't know that. <laughs> These men, they'll find a he way. He doesn't know how to make grey. No. <laughs> like, he's not sitting down with LED lights mixing the colours <laughs> around. I could not tell you how to make yellow. Is it red and green? It's, I don't think you can make yellow. It's a yellow. primary colour. Don't you have to just oh, find it? it? Yes, it's a primary colour. Oh. Yeah. No, so I couldn't even tell you what those are. We need to get cut. Yellow, red, and blue. Those are the primary colours, I want to say. I might be wrong. I don't want to be called out. How do you make green? It's yellow and and blue. Oh. Any others you want to figure out right now? How do you make grey? I think it's actually, like, red and blue. There you go. I think that's how you make it. That's much better. Yeah. So it's time to check out the artwork. Brooke is chatting to each artist one-on-one, but the others are all watching on a TV screen from the next room. Um, and I think that, I mean, it's interesting, right? Cause they're being confronted with the reality of each other's relationships with Brooke in a really interesting way. And it's cool. Kind of for the first, you know, like 
it is rare that they're really seeing each other's one-on-one time at this point in the in the season. In the season. It's rare that they ever see it, right? Yeah, there's usually like one chance that's kind of like this. Where yeah. they, you know, or maybe they hear what like the avatars are saying. Or... Yeah, it's like it's the pervy looking on date. Yeah. 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 But it's not usually this late and the experience isn't usually this intimate. Right, right. but I love that it's this late and this oh, intimate yeah. because it creates it's such good drama. Totally. It's the perfect time to deploy yeah. this. Up first is Holly's, which is a really nice portrait, which she explains shows Brooke's openness, warmth, uh, and uses colors that show confidence, passion, and her culture. Mm. Um, it's honestly like a really accomplished little piece. I think it shows like a real clarity of vision and confidence in her abilities. Holly gets the Katie Kendall Life Drawing Award because that's a person. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, unlike, I think, every other one, that's yeah. a person. Mm. Well, there's a silhouette. We'll Good job, to, honey. Yeah. No, it's true. But I like there is there is thought that goes that that went into that piece that is not literally realized on the page. I know? agree. It's a it has artistry to it right. that maybe they don't have in others. Up next is David, who um, takes a more abstract <laughs> approach. Um, <laughs> abstract is a beautiful way of saying bad. Yeah, I'm also thinking it's like bold. You know, it's an adventurous piece. Uh, it is another way of saying confusing. Bad. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to just say that there are types of art that is bad. I, you know, like that's not very oh, no, useful criticism. Is, but I, look, I as an art critic, that is the kind of criticism that I can absolutely get around. <laughs> you know, yeah, I this mean, art is bad. Yeah, like I am certain, and I think you you talked about this before as well. Like I'm certain, if I sat down to do this date, I would do a worse job. Oh, I'd be so like bad. I would be really bad at this. I also think there's a difference between like i don't want to get in trouble with art people but like aesthetics and craft and art and i think art has intention behind it Ah, whereas mm. like what what i mean i guess there was intention behind it but david's experience feels a little more like crafty paint and sip just like Mm. putting color on canvas Mm. rather than being like i want to create something purposeful here oh i'd never thought about that that venn diagram before but that makes a lot of sense to to me and Oh, you've like recontextualized songs for me as well. That's really interesting. Thank you. I love that. No, I love Venn diagrams, honestly. I mm. spent a lot of time thinking, I think, in that format. Um, it's like if you got red and blue and like <laughs> the black. Which they Go and tell, yeah, us, yeah. tell us what the other primary Some color grayish, is. Yeah. We just talked about it. <laughs> it's yellow. Yeah! It's yellow. He's done it. Thank you. Five stars on iTunes. Um, not a good painting. Half of the canvas has no paint on it at all, which, like, that's not inherently bad, but it's not, like, he makes an attempt to kind of justify it. The The other half is, like, not well colored in. It's, like, sort of clumsily, like, spread around the page, like he ran out of paint <sighs> yeah, or something. Yeah, here's where I ran out of paint and time. Right. Yes! Right. And, like, he tries to justify it by saying, like, the way you make me feel when you walk into the room, it, it goes from grey to colour or whatever. But there's not... There's not like a, a, a what's the gradient? Word? There's not a gradient exactly. Yeah, I it's feel... just literally just like part of it he has done coloring in with the other part he's gone. <laughs> oh, the man took a loo break between painting it and talking to Brooke about it and was like, "How Fuck. am I going to swing this piece of shit?" <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? like, yeah. And he was like, "Well, half of it's blank and half of it's colorful, so I think maybe we could do a blank colorful thing." <laughs> right, right. To his credit, not bad. Not I a bad have... justification. Yeah, sure. you know. If I looked at that and I was tasked with explaining it sure yeah just yeah jamie lee has sort of done a mind map for hers um there's a handprint in the center which i think is brooks 
Uh, and then each corner represents a different element of their relationship. Um, except represent is not exactly the right word because they just, it's just a it's list just of words. words. Just She's words. just written words yeah. onto it. Yeah. Which I get as a, as a person who's more of a word person than a visual person oh, most sure. of the time. Yeah. You sometimes you just slap a word in. Oh know? yeah. Absolutely. Look, I mean, this is probably a shortcut that I would use to, to, yeah. um, get through this date as well. Yeah. Um, but okay. So you've got, you've got love in one corner as like a, a heading, right? And then underneath that, you've got support, trust, growth team and unconditional which are all sort of emanating from it and then next to it you've got family with words like future nurturing caring acceptance she's trying too hard understanding and love (laughs) emanating from it so what you've done is you've put love (laughs) as its own category and then you've snuck love in to the other one there i bet you she painted it and was like fuck all right well it's there (laughs) Then you've got adventure with words like freedom, growth, learning, travel, and Doing fun. your own research. Yeah. Uh, oh, God. <laughs> and then spirituality, which has culture, lessons, past, future, <laughs> love, again, <laughs> and then growth, again. Did she put love in all of them? Was this intentional? Just a couple. Just okay. Three. Just good, a couple. Good, 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 same good. with same What with a mind map we've got here. Mm-hmm. It's really, yeah, it's fascinating. And none of it is like pedestal unhealthy <laughs> infatuation yeah lots of idealization yeah yeah um i kind of love the level of insight that this gives you into jamie lee i was shocked when i checked because i look at this and i'm like this is huge virgo behavior as yeah. a virgo myself i'm like yes the the making of lists the uh the over analytical you know thing but thanks to you katie i know that she is a sagittarius it gives sagittarius to me also sagittarian is a very like it's a wordy sign. It's mm-hmm. a language-driven sign because it's all it. It's the sign that rules higher education. Okay. So it makes sense to me, and and that adventurousness. It's probably my bias because I don't know much about that, Sagittarius. Uh, over the topness is very fire sign, and I mm. say that as a fire sign. No shame, no judgment. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is an interesting contrast with Brooks Capricorn because Capricorns are very grounded, and they're a lot less uh showy i guess and mm. so i think that's where part of that conflict between their energies comes from mm. is that jamie lee is very like i have to express what i'm feeling i have to let you know i have to get oh, this out yeah. of me and brooke is very like i have to contemplate this before i have something I to say think about this and be rational about it yes mm. oh, I, yeah anyway that's been like astrology brooke. hour with- that's good no I, thank you for astrology I, hour we will circle back i want to know more about this yeah okay uh millie has divided hers into sections too but it's a little bit more abstract than Jamie Lee's. It reminded me a lot of that King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard album Quarters, if you want to know oh, yeah. a little bit too much about how my brain works. Yeah. But I was like, that top right corner is the same as the top right corner in that. Anyway. I uh, was just like, this is the most fun flag design I've ever seen. True, oh, no? yeah. It had big flag energy to Can me. Can we talk about Flag Monkey for a second? Oh, is this that I don't NFT know what that thing? is. No, no. This is um, a store that opened up the top of my street here in Glebe. During the pandemic, mm. that sells flags. Interesting. Just flags. No monkeys. Just flags. No monkeys. <laughs> it's called Flag Monkey. It's that seems like a miss flags and on what might have been the more interesting lure for customers. A hundred percent. Yes. If you were selling monkeys, oh, I'd be I'm there every day. Every day. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess flag in this kind of area, <laughs> you could make not no money selling different kinds of pride flags and stuff. But sure. I don't think that would make you a living in a shop. Front. Yeah, why do like, you have do a brick that on and mortar? Etsy or something. Yeah. Yeah. 
that fascinates me. Anyway, flag monkey. Thank you for raising Unless flag you monkey. Unless you are just selling... Raising the flag on flag monkey. <laughs> Kurt's painting is really interesting too. It's divided into a daytime cityscape and a nighttime outback setting. It's divided by the intersection of a dirt road and a paved street. Um, and there's like lightning bolts and little thunderclouds. Sorry, that face was me. I just rewatched this and I mm. don't remember that. I must have just like stopped I'll paying attention. Picture. I got a picture. Kurt says, I see you as such a strong and resilient person who's proud of who you are, and I think those qualities to me are super special. Great. I like this painting. It's interesting. Finally, it's time for Conrad's painting, and when it's revealed, we see a cute and cartoony landscape that features a tree bearing love heart shaped fruit, a smiling sun, and a smiling sunflower wearing a t shirt with an S on it, a roaring campfire, and a star with legs that's facing away from the viewer uh and it's signed with a heart with b plus r written inside tried to describe that objectively i think you did a great job i need some understanding of the letters oh it's like you know like what's the s stand for sienna plus r is that what they said and who's b plus r brook and red oh and red taylor's version (laughs) what what does it hang on i gotta Maybe I just misread it. So there was the thing with an S on it, and I don't know what that means. Wait, what was an S on it? I you think s- he was like... Oh, it's B and K. It's B and K. Where's the oh, S? Conrad. Okay. Yeah. There's What's an Conrad? S? No. Oh, the he S says, is the sunflower. Yes. He says S for Sienna or something Correct. like that. Oh. To which I was like, did they have a conversation about children's names we didn't see? Oh my see? God, it must have been the child's name from the nail. Yeah, but I don't think we saw it. Right. right. Um, the thing I found fascinating about this, I think Conrad absolutely aced his reading and comprehension in the HSA mm. because the man took every symbol and had such an elaborate, exp- like it was yeah. like that shitty painting they give you. And they're like, tell us five things this says about belonging. Mm. And you're like, Oh, well the woman's ring means she's in a relationship and the painting means it. And like, yeah. he was just like slamming yeah, totally. it. I was very impressed. 20 out of 20. Very for detailed. He was like, right. He's really good. Um, I, I, I didn't quite, finished describing all of the different elements i realized that i missed maybe the most important one which is that conrad has drawn what can only be described as the love child of a koopa trooper and a squirtle sitting (laughs) at the fire and the whole thing is framed within a silhouette of brooks head and shoulders kind of um he explains that the tree represents wisdom and knowledge but you're also very grounded so the roots something something you know i'm just like all of this is like it tracks i get it it makes sense i don't personally speaking like the piece of art that much no but it he the artist statement was the best of all of them. oh right. yeah yes his um, ability to to abstract his own symbolism was beautiful yeah excellent and i think brooke really responds to that because he is explaining like the sunflower and the turtle and the star which are kind of just whimsical elements when you're just looking at the painting but he explains they represent the three kids that they talked about wanting on their group day um, which he has selected the genders of, which is kind of odd. Uh, but I guess that's kind of his MO we're learning. I mean, the genders being boy, girl, and star. <laughs> he just says the adopted the child. Yeah, yeah. Like, I appreciate the space for their non-binary child. Yeah. I suppose that's true, yes. But he's like, yeah, there's definitely a daughter who is definitely named Sienna, who is definitely a sunflower. Um, and then the turtle is obviously the sun. Um, uh, you know... Whatever. It's not my favorite, but like, you know, art's personal. I thought it was really beautiful. The other thing I thought was really beautiful is she started crying and he sacrificed his beautiful gray sleeve to, oh, to her makeup true. to wipe her tears away. It was great. Like she told him not to and he was like, no, I'm going to. I and I was to. like, yeah. marry me. The fit on this date. 
on this oh, band. So on good. her as well. Oh, yeah, incredible. She's been oh, so well-dressed. She's always taxes. gorgeous. Yeah. It's inc- I followed her stylist on Instagram because mm. I'm so impressed by how good she is. Uh, we skim straight past an ad break, which was originally there from when this episode was meant to stand on its own. We'll talk a bit more yeah, about that structure later. Uh, and Brooke reveals she's giving the extra time to Conrad. They, they sit at a batchy couch, gulp some red wine, as Brooke ITMs that she is captivated by him. Brooke tells him, look how sexy you are. You're so extremely handsome, but you're so open with your emotions. I just like you, Conrad. Whew, pretty good. That's the stuff you want to hear when it's you're on great. this show, right? It's yeah. really good. Yeah. Conrad replies, I'm falling pretty hard and fast for you. I'm not going to lie. Do you see a future with me? Brooke says, I can. I just want to know what it would look like. Conrad says, so I did leave my job just before I came to the mansion. I think I realized that carpentry wasn't really fulfilling me. Now, because I don't have a mortgage or a family, I want to chase some stuff that has some real meaning for me. Brooke says, I'm a very logical and a pretty real person. So for me... I'm just trying to picture what Conrad and Brooke's future might look like. Conrad says, realistically, after this, if you and me were together, my main goal is just to find fulfillment. And Brooke says, doing what? Conrad thinks for a moment and says, I don't know. But making other people happy makes me really happy. So if I, if I can use that to generate an income, awesome. I think I can get fulfillment that way. I feel a lot of sympathy for both of them here. Yeah, I think it's really complicated. Mm. Um, um, Go, I, no, Max, you'll have something to say. I don't know how much sympathy I feel for Conrad. That's I think fair. I do. Yeah. I th- I'm really interested I'm, in your perspective. I'm really on the, the... I feel like I aligned with Brooke in the way that she articulated this. And when she asked that question of, like, but how... I was like, fuck yeah, get it. You know, like mm. this is um, particularly thinking about the landscape of relationships and being in a real, in, you know, something that I would personally like to articulate is that I think that it is really important for both people in relationships and both parties to have money yes. and money that is theirs. Mm. Um, Danny and I have a joint bank account. But we also have money that's ours. Yeah. That's where you buy all your weed from? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We buy all our weed from our joint bank account. That's that what sense. we use it for. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so, while I absolutely understand Conrad's thing of, like, I'm not finding fulfillment in my job and I need to leave it, the I really resonate with the part of Brooke that is, like, but to do what else? Because... Mm. Uh, I don't know, I suppose my family, like our family didn't have much growing up or whatever. Uh, and I think that that financial independence is maybe something that I stress on, but mm. also is something that's super, super important. And yeah, I, in that way, was like, I can really see how Brooke is or like where her compass is pointed at this time and why it is that way. Mm. Because I don't know. I also feel like I know a lot of creative people and this is the other part of it who are a little bit lost, a bit aimless and it is hard, I think, or it would take a lot of courage to be involved in that, um, 
or, or just a great deal of faith to be like, no, it'll work out and we're not going to worry about the logistics of how you will find your fulfillment, you know, mm. um, which is something that I deeply want for Conrad, who I believe is, is so kind and great and nice. And then there's the subtext of the conversation that is like, he's about to get heaps of fucking followers on Instagram and doesn't have to worry about money anymore, but we can't say that on the show. Right. Yeah, I find it interesting. I I absolutely agree that like it doesn't seem right for Brooke. I think that's yeah. my like that's my like yeah. disclaimer before I get into the way that I feel about Conrad's position is that you're right, it doesn't line up with what she wants. Yeah. The, the woman the entire time has been like stability, stability, stability. Fully, yes. I'm looking to settle down. I want something that is need someone connected. to be able to plan with. We want to be able I mean, to do yeah. A and A and Z is reminding us every ten fucking minutes a, that she has a, a savings yes. account. Like Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and like, yeah, the long and short of it is she's entitled to whatever she wants from a partner. Yeah. And, you know, nobody's trying to rob her of that. Yeah. What I disagree with, I guess, on a level, is that I think <sighs> It's really interesting because, like, I think I come from a perspective where I I was lucky. I did grow up quite financially secure. My dad didn't uh-huh. and was had a big emphasis on pick what you're going to do, have a career, be really determined in it, be ambitious. Like, there was a lot of encouragement but also pressure sure. on me when I was younger. My mother is a MD. She's a doctor. Yep. She has about five degrees. She's the most qualified, intelligent woman I know. And felt really dissatisfied in her career. And once you're a doctor, it's hard to do other things. It's hard to not be a doctor. Because that's your specialty and blah, blah, blah. And she did different specialties. And and she encouraged me to very much not get myself stuck in something just because it's what I'm doing. Yeah. And just because Fully. that's yeah. where I am at that time. Uh-huh. And so I think I, I empathize so much... I mean, I, I have a complicated relationship with employment because I have chronic health problems yes. mm. and that's obviously its own whole thing. That isn't what Conrad's talking about. Yeah. Um, admittedly, I don't think we know enough about what's going on with Conrad for him to have made that decision. Yeah. Mm. It wasn't a long conversation. We don't get much insight. I, but I really believe in people doing work that's meaningful for them because mm. Mm. I'm a very passionate person about mental health and if you don't do work that's meaningful for you that's one of the biggest things that causes mental health problems and causes Mm. depression and causes anxiety and and puts people in these positions where they're not healthy absolutely yeah Yeah. and And like i guess i come from a real position of privilege in that way in that i do for a living something that i find fulfilling yeah Mm. yeah and that's really great, you know, and I, uh, what I would want for Con, I mean, I don't know these people, so I'm only talking speculatively, obviously, yes, we yes. both are. What I would want for Conrad is for him to find a career that he finds fulfilling, and I think that can take a long time. And yeah. I think that, I don't necessarily oh, yeah. think he will be, like, he should be out of work for a long time if he needs financial stability, but I am a big believer in, like, maybe take a year or two off if you've got the savings to do it. Yeah. Figure out what you want to do if you're not locked down to anything. And I also, I guess I would contest the idea of it taking a particular kind of belief to be with a person who is in that position. Yeah. Because, for a couple of reasons. One, because I'm a person who doesn't really have my own shit together. Yeah, yeah. And I think that, I don't think you mean it in this way at all. Yeah. But I've had people I've been in relationships with make that a problem. 
and and yeah, make that, that yeah. a reason not to be with someone. Yeah. And it, it's I don't think that you're doing that. Oh no. And I think it's a particular button for me because of the last relationship I was in and the way that person made me feel about myself. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that puts me in the position where I'm just like do what you need to do, Conrad, figure it out. Yeah. We don't know yeah, why fully. he's made this choice. Yeah. Um, but I agree with you. I mean, my mother also inf- emphasized financial independence all the way because she didn't have that when my parents got a divorce and that was very complicated for her. Yeah. Mm. And so there's all these eggs in everyone's basket financially yeah. and we all yeah. grow up in different financial landscapes mm. and we all end up with different beliefs. And oh, yeah. yeah, I, I, I guess I think I have, a great deal of respect for what you're saying. I'm not trying to, um, you know, we, it's fine. It's you and me, Max, <laughs> you know, we're bound to disagree on something, but we do it respectfully. Right. Right. And I don't even know to the extent to which I disagree with anything. I mean, neither, you, said, you know, yeah. like yeah. neither. I really, I really understand the perspective. And I think it's one that I hold also. I want people to be financially independent and I want mm. people to bring that into a relationship. Because- right. And yeah. Like to the extent that, uh, I want, someone like Conrad to feel emotional fulfillment and have the time yeah. to be able to, to work out what that is. Uh, fuck yeah. Like I want yeah. that. I want that too. I suppose then what it comes down to is the way that that question was answered. You know? Oh yeah. The conversation right? was a disaster. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, I suppose where I'm coming from in, in, in thinking about it in that way, which is like, he did not give Brooke any amount of the right, answer no, for the boy was her. lost in his answer Fully. which i think emphasized yes. her anxiety about yes it, which makes sense yeah. like i'd feel that way yeah you know? totally yeah, yeah yeah if someone couldn't put anything at all even on just what they're passionate about right i would be like oh i don't know about this right 100 you know? and that was it where he was like i like making people happy and it's like well say more about that you know what yeah. i mean just just elaborate yeah i think we i think that what? we yeah. agree on this <laughs> <laughs> what it felt like he was trying to get out to me. Oh yeah, Xavier, you want to talk You're for a minute? <laughs> no, it's fine. I this is probably not the right reading, but this is the reading that I had on a surface level um whilst watching the show. Mm. Is that he was trying to communicate something quite complex without using the word marks. Yeah. I mm. feel like without like bringing that into the you know, but like I you know, um uh under capitalism, I'm sorry. I'm no, sorry. Yeah, That's my yeah, fucking yeah. Podcast. This was the other part of what I had to say, but I was like, I'll talk for 20 minutes Let's if I talk, talk about, about the all my feelings about work. Yeah, like-, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I feel like um, he is giving a pretty level-headed answer, all things considered. I mean, like, the, the, the issue, because I completely agree with Brooke in that she's allowed to require this of a partner and, or, or you know, like, when making a choice between several potential partners, like, this can be a concern. That, yeah, I yeah, understand yeah, that. yeah. Um, she shouldn't have to compromise on that if it's important to her. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, um, her, I think her characterization of what he said as airy-fairy is maybe, like, not quite connecting with what he's trying to say. Yeah. Which, to me, was, like, he doesn't want to be defined by his job. He doesn't necessarily aspire to work in any specific way you know work is required of most of us under uh-huh. capitalism unless we are like inheriting wealth or yeah. you know whatever um and i think conrad is resistant to the idea that the labor that he performs has to form the basis of his identity that's very true yeah, and you I know agree. i think he has ideals about the types of things that he wants to achieve through doing work or through his life mm. that will give him a sense of purpose 
um, but that aren't specific job titles or whatever, yes. you know? Um, even without the Marxist reading, though, yeah. um, he's probably had a growing disillusionment with the path that he's taken for a number of years leading up to this point. Like, being a tradesperson, you do, like, an apprenticeship and you, you know, work in the industry for a while and, you know, after you've done that, you might learn that it's something different to what you thought it was from the beginning. Um, and I think that it's fair for him having just left the job to come onto the show to also not necessarily have that next step planned Hopefully. out. Yeah, you absolutely. Know? I want to give him as much rope. I mean, obviously it's not necessarily practical for him to just kind of like float around forever, whatever, but I don't necessarily think that's what he wants to do. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and like you said, he has also just received a truly life-changing amount of social media followers. And I think he's gambling on that number being higher. Oh yeah. Um, particularly if he ends up, winning quote-unquote or you know like yeah, doing yeah. well yeah yeah um, and it's interesting because he doesn't know in this moment that he's going to have a relationship with abby chatfield right and if they right, date right. and he's on her social media yeah that's the golden ticket for it's him, next you yeah. Know? yeah 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 but i do just think like we have seen it happen so many times getting selected to be on this show can and you maybe have to do certain things you have to play along in a way but it can crack your whole life wide open and yeah. it can um a, like, ruin you, but also, like, you know, you are not the same person on the other side of this process a lot of the time. Mm -hmm. It can mm -hmm. be incredibly beneficial. It can change your lifestyle. It can change your income. Like, all that kind of stuff. Another thing that is interesting that I just remembered is that Georgia Love's whole thing was that she just quit her job and now she wanted to find love. Yeah. Yeah. And that she was wanted to take time away from work and focus on that. Yeah. And that was like the whole framing of her season. That's I guess true. And it's more so, appropriate if you're the lead. If you're the lead, the yeah. And it's, it's about the dynamic. It's not what Brooke wants. And like, I think we've had a really interesting mm. discussion. I really value both of your opinions on it. Yeah. And, and it's not what Brooke wants. Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of it, right? <laughs> I, yeah. I'm just like, Conrad is in his early 30s. Yeah. And he has got some big decisions ahead of him. Yep. Regardless of what happens on this season. Yep. Um, or with Abby Chatfield or whatever happens yeah. in his yep. life. Um, and, you know, I, w I want to give him compassion and not judgment. Um, which I don't feel there's a All huge amount of judgment on him yeah. from either of you or from, from the show or from anybody, but I'm just no. like, you know. Twitter went off a bit about it. The internet had a fun time with yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. It's that thing also of like, who knows if like going on the show meant that he had to quit his job. Yeah. Like there's yeah, also, the, you know, those factors. There's so, you're right. It's rich and dense and complex. And, and there's so much I bet to that conversation we didn't see. Yeah. There's yeah, no show sure. if they actually address these things though. You know what <laughs> I mean? Oh boy, we will we, we will address some things. <sighs> oh, uh, we haven't even gotten hometowns. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> We're going to keep going. Uh, it's the last single date before hometowns. We recap David and Brooke's first single date where they dangled off a cliff together. And since that was back in episode two, David's been left on a little bit of a cliffhanger himself. Mm. Um, so it's nice to bookend the single dates with him I mean it's not nice if you're Kurt and you've been sitting around waiting since episode one but, I know yeah. sweet little Curty I'm hearing Johnny Cash the Johnny Cash voice being like Kurt you know Kurt. <laughs> I think that's a frog <laughs> Brooke asks if Conrad likes wine and Conrad says yes which is good because they're outside a winery it's not Conrad Honey, you oh, and the people no. who are on dates. Did you write it wrong every time? No, no, just twice. Okay. <laughs> We've got Conrad on the brain. Yeah. 
Brooke asks if David likes what It'd be funny if I said, like, someone else. <laughs> <laughs> Brooke asks if David likes wine, and David says yes, which is good because they're outside a winery. Mm. It's also very funny because they drink wine throughout the entire show. <laughs> Honestly. Have you ever seen them drink anything else? No. And then we get a revisit of an iconic batchy staple. The table is laid out with grapes, and Brooke and David are going to be mushing the grapes themselves. Now, where do you guys stand on grapes? On grapes or on stepping? Oh, I got it. You, Sorry. I was ready grapes? to swing in with an opinion. Mm-hmm. Look, if they get to do this date again, I get to make the joke again. Um, uh, I don't like them standing on things. <laughs> it's very gross. That's my whole opinion on mm. the next little bit. Mm. We have, of course, seen this date before. A uh, single date in which Abby Chatfield, quote, copped the foot juice oh. on a date with Matt Agnew. <laughs> Perfect. Um, in the same oh. episode in which anti-vaxxer Monique Morley dubbed, uh, sorry, dobbed Abby into Matt for calling him dog gum. Um, dog gum? Dog gum. It sounded... <laughs> Was it not? That's funny. It's a serious moment. Hmm. Uh, as well as Jared Woodgate's iconic night one entrance on Sophie Monk's season. I rewatched both of these moments uh, to get the full background uh, to test a theory. Both of those clips lean harder on the commentary from the uh, participants than this one. Uh-huh. There's a lot of them yeah. talking. Obviously, Abby and Matt are very close in this moment. And they're getting like physical with each other. Uh, and then you're getting Sophie Monk, who is just meeting Jared, being like, oh, okay, oh, all right, oh, this all right. is a bit unusual. Yeah. Um, whereas this time, not that much talking. Um, there are some experienced hands behind the scene who have realized that the key to this being funny and effective is just to play a bunch of oh, the horrific sound effects oh. over the top of I, it. I, was, I honestly felt ill. <laughs> yeah. It's so it's, gross. I was like, right. this can't be what that sounds like. And it's such a weird contrast because they're just macking on. Oh my like, God. Like, these yeah. two cannot stop making out. Yeah, yeah. It yeah. is truly repulsive. It's There's very a gross. real misophonic quality to it. Mm. I also want to note that Everyone who has been on the Cop the Foot Juice date mm-hmm. has made the final two. Ooh! <gasps> wow! That's a very I mean, good we technically point. don't know that David has made the I final two. I feel like David's going to yeah, make yeah, the yeah, final yeah. two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, I know. Yeah. I just, you know. Wow. That's That's crazy. That's excellent There's something bachelor about journalism it. right there. Sleuth. Cub reporter Max Quinn. <laughs> Cub! <laughs> uh, meanwhile, Brooke asks David, how do you go with feet? And David says, do they wig you out? And Brooke says, no (laughs) before they start making out in the grapes and then brooke reveals that the table grapes that they're using don't actually make good wine before saying in itm it was an excuse to get up nice and close with him and maybe see his feet love this yes queen love this like zero judgment let the woman have her foot fetish, which she obviously has. She did go on Twitter and try what to What I love is it. it launched so many tweets that mm. she had to be like, I don't, I don't actually. Can we talk about her being on Twitter? Oh, oh yeah. Because that's yeah. so interesting. She's liking yeah. tweets. She's, uh, she's, she's loving And us. she's liking spicy tweets. I know, I know. Like, it's fun. Because like, I tweeted as soon as I saw her pop up, because she wasn't in the earlier part of that episode or no. I didn't notice her. Mm. I was like, oh, I feel like I can't say anything mean about David because she's here. And she was like, I don't care. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God. I, I, and then I, like, simped out. And I was like, oh, my God, I love you, queen. Yeah, <laughs> and totally. she just, like, 
There are so, many, there are so many tweets that go like that. I was looking through the hashtag after after that e- evening where she was watching, and it's so many people being like, sort of a sassy joke, and she goes like, ah, that's a bit sassy. And then people going, I will die for you. You're beautiful. Walk on me. Yeah. Choose me. I'm the grapes. I'm the grapes. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I love the the foot fetish stuff. I feel like they should have lent into it earlier, like let her explore this from the beginning. Photo shoot group date in week one should have been barefoot. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. They should have had to do the paintings with their feet. Oh, that would be good. Um, there should have been a barefoot is legal float at the Mardi Gras. Group oh my god! Date. Yes, bring the barefoot investor on. <laughs> yeah, why not? <laughs> like A and Z, get out. Oh, true. true. Maybe it's coming. In the yeah. I hate feet. Okay. Fair. Cool. Um, I mean, I don't, I'm actually barefoot. They're not barefoot. for everyone, I'm except most people do have No, 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 it's okay. I am barefoot it's right not, now. It's not that I, like, it's not that I'm repulsed by feet. It's yeah. just that, like, if I have to think too much about feet, I, get, I mean, I have OCD and feet are really gross and dirty. So that's, like, mm. mostly where it comes from uh-huh. for me. And when they were stepping stepping on the grate, I just, yeah. Anyway, I won't go on too much Max about it. Max is trying to hide his feet. I'm now, like... Oh, it's so fine. <laughs> oh, no, 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 it's so fine. Um, I, look, as someone who... Uh, purchase your shoes yeah you do oh, love a good true. shoe yeah i love i love covering my feet we yeah. are right now sitting in a room together for the first time recording a podcast in person and we're in max's little uh chamber of shoes what chamber would you call of it? shoes like little thrown to shoes. there are 12 pairs of shoes on the wall yeah i get to, i get uh I, they're all air jordan ones um that's the pair that i like yeah like, i was like, like i noticed Jordan that 12s. before and i was like they all have the Tom's same little guy on it yeah yeah, little, yeah i mean simple that's not like a dude on this but his on name's michael shoes. jordan yeah, yeah i've heard of him yeah mm, he's a big um he, yeah i mean he's got some shoes yeah mm. i don't know what else he's great done. pop songs it's a shame about <laughs> the <sighs> let's keep going um later they sit at a batchy couch and drink some wine from a bottle which they definitely didn't make uh as brooke unintentionally says in itm um talking about uh i nearly said conrad talking about david in itm brooke says he's the perfect bland of sexy and playful but serious he's, and she like, says bland she actually That's said so bland. Funny. i know she meant bland and like it's a fun joke for her to say blend because it's wine or whatever yeah right? but the fact that she says bland is like a bit of a slip dumb. bit of a slip i mean mm. the flowers are pretty bland yeah he's done bland um, it's question time and Brooke asks David, are you a long-term kind of guy? And he says, I'm not looking for a quick fling. Brooke says she hasn't really had a person consistently in her life since she was born. And she's here to find that long-term unconditional love. And she tells David, I find it kind of hard to let go in relationships because I'm always kind of preparing for someone to say they don't love me enough or that I'm not enough. She starts to cry and David puts his arm around her saying... I don't think that's something that you should be worried about at all. Brooke apologizes for crying. And David says, don't be sorry. It's nice. You're real. But that, I don't know. I was not in love with what David's response was here. Don't I be sorry. If- it's oh. nice. You're real. I was in love with it. I, I, really? I sobbed through that whole scene. Yeah. Not oh, the, that was, it was not the first time I watched it because I was um, busy tweeting like an asshole. Yeah. But when I rewatched it today, I just, I, the thing I also find interesting, cause I think it's, I'm going to bring it up later mm. is at the beginning of that. She says, I don't want to ask important questions when I feel like something's going well because I worry mm. about it bringing up something that's going to like interrupt the relationship. And that's relevant to someone else later. So I wanted to flag that. Mm. Um, but about this sequence, I mean, I am a person who 
because of my, you know, relationship history and my life history and I haven't been treated very well by a lot of people, blah, blah, blah. My, my worst fear is also not being enough for people and people leaving me. And I think that's mm. why I found the scene so emotional. Yeah. And I really liked his response because he just, he just let her feelings be there. Yeah. And he mm. held her and he told her, I mean, you know, obviously if they were um, not at this stage, he probably would have told her he loved her. And that would have been mm. like a way of, you know, that sort of thing where someone just needs to really let something out. And you're like, okay, I'm making a lot of space for this. And the crying and the saying she was real, like was, I think the most romantic thing I've ever seen on the show. It was wow. so lovely. Like I was just like, this is a man. So Zabie, what the fuck's going on with you? Validation. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, I I mean I agree. I thought it was nice. I felt I felt like if it was me in that position I would have gone a little further. Uh-huh. That's and fair. I, and I would have said like I can't even begin to understand like the experiences that you've had in your life or what has made you to be the person that you are mm. like today, but um I want to be that person for you and to provide that stability he that you're looking for. He does say that. He doesn't, though. No, he says something like, I want to be a constant in your life. Is that after Hometowns? He says at some point in these episodes. He doesn't say it till later. I want to be a, like a, I want to be consistent, I think is what he said. Something like that, that made me be like, I, this is the only thing I ever want to hear from a person. He <laughs> like, said, I found he it really in this, beautiful. In this moment, he says, I felt something really special with you from the beginning, and I feel very vulnerable at the moment because I usually wouldn't just open up in my heart to someone so quickly, but like, I'm all in. And I don't say that lightly. I don't think I've ever said that to someone. Is that not enough for you? Yeah, what the fuck do you want, Xavier? That was incredible. <laughs> to me, that feels like he's turning it back to him. Like, no. he's talking about how he's, like, he's been, he's feeling vulnerable in this moment or whatever. I like that. I, so I read it, uh, may, and maybe this is just the way that, that my brain works. As I mean, like, I'm very likely I'm to be wrong here. trying but. to just give you the thing that you need in this moment in as few possible words so that I can continue to hold the space for you to keep talking. Yeah. That was my reading of and it. I, and I, I felt, I don't know. I just, yeah. I don't, I love him. Can I, I really, tell you? And I didn't love him before this. I didn't really care about him. And then this happened and I was like, oh, I can see why this might be the guy for Brooke. Like, he, it just feels like he gets it. And the other yeah. thing that I love that he said was I had feelings for Eleanor, <laughs> but I've actually never <laughs> Um, Very yeah, good. look, no, no slide against him. I think this was pretty good. You know, like, I don't think it was bad. I didn't think he no, put no. his foot in it. I just, like... You didn't put his foot in it? He did that earlier. Yeah, <laughs> good. <laughs> we should have put Oh, we're back on track here on the Bachelor of Arts podcast. <laughs> uh, it's enough for Brooke, uh, who smiles, gives him a big kiss, uh, and they give him these big, swelling orchestral strings, so I'm like, all right, look, look. Um, I, I feel like that stuff is still coming from yeah. Robert. Like yeah, it's yeah, still yeah. developing mm -hmm. and maybe I just wanted more of it in this specific moment. That's fair. Yeah. Um, but like, I don't, I don't doubt the connection. David and Brooke return to the mansion with wine in hand and, uh, Brooke pulls Jamie Lee straight away. I didn't mention there's a cocktail party. Should be obvious. Uh, yeah. Uh, Brooke ITMs, there's no time for small talk, so she proceeds to have small talk with everybody. <laughs> um, uh, us recording this podcast. Hmm. We've got to be efficient. There's yeah, so yeah. much. Hey, Xavier, have you ever had a beard? <laughs> <laughs> we watch David, not a person on this show. We watch David confide in Holly that he is, quote, head over. And she tells him, you've fallen in love, babe. Meanwhile, Kurt and Conrad provide commentary on all the remaining contestants 
And frankly, they're fucking eating our lunch. This is so good. It was really good. It was so good. I didn't write the whole thing out, but Kurt has this impeccable line reading. When Conrad goes, then you've got David, and Kurt goes, silver-tongued devil. (laughs) (laughs) It's really good. Um, I also think it's, like, uh, really funny. For some reason, Conrad... Because they're listing off everybody and they're going like, here's what this person's thing is. Here's what this person's thing is. And then Conrad like really seriously sits there and goes like, oh, but Jamie Lee, you know, she was on the Honey Badger season. (laughs) (laughs) Just in case we forgot. Yeah, right. Yeah. Thanks, Bess. They haven't shown enough clips or. Right. Yeah. Um, And then Conrad tells Kurt, you know, I think you're a pretty good bloke. And Kurt says, mate, I think you're a stunner. And then I'm sorry. Lovely. They both say you and I, mate. Oh, they're in love. They're yeah. so like. I love them. Ch- channel that shit, you know. They're good like, dudes, yeah. you know. Okay, two bachelors. <gasps> Ooh, <gasps> not a bad. I mean, they're not related. They're How not that related. Work? They're not yeah. related. They're just nice guys who met on the oh, show. But the thing who is, who are friends. I don't want them to not be friends because they start dating the same people mm. and it gets complicated. Uh, what well, I can think you imagine being complicated with Kurt though? Like he'd be like, "All right, mate. If she's into you, that's good. I'm happy for you." Yeah. Yeah. I, I just think want you to have a here, nice lady. Yeah. I think the lesson here is, and I love Alicia Aiken Radburn and I love Osher Ginsburg, boot them off the Cocktails and Roses podcast. Oh, true. <laughs> Give it to these two fellas. Oh. I think that would be fucking great. I give it over under. Look, I have so yeah. much room for everyone, you know? It's true. It's true. You know what? Open invitation. They can be the new co-hosts of Bachelor oh, Great idea. Well. They it's want true. to? Come on. Um, Brooke emerges in a sparkly yellow dress and plucks Conrad away to sit on the love seat with him. <gasps> the very same. Uh, Conrad tries to win back the ground that he lost during their earlier chat about their future together by hitting her really hard with specifics. He says, we'd get up early. We'd go for runs. Or if you, you wanted to sleep in, I'd have your coffee ready and waiting for you because I'm up at 4.30 or 5, but I won't wake you. Red flags is necessary. What the fuck are you doing? I mean, at he's a tradie. He might be on work sites. Yeah, and yeah. Stuff, he's up early also, because he's in yeah. more. They just Mace. had to chat about how he's not now. Yeah, true. You can sleep again, dude. <laughs> Buddy, this is your prime time for a sleep in. Yeah. So Danny's up early, not four thirty early, but she's up at let's say six every day. Yeah, because Way she different. gets different. in, do Pilates, do the things that she do. I am the opposite. I treasure my night hours. Mm. Ditto. Yeah. Nighttime, my time. And Sky Ferreira, where's think, the new record? I think that works well in a she relationship. Oh, it works so well because in a relationship. Because you can do things on either... You get alone time, yep. which is mm. so essential. Yep. But you can also do nice things for the other person while they're like unconscious. And Absolutely. there's something nice about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Being able to be in that position of like, I whittled this while you slept. <laughs> you know? Exactly. Uh, he says, and then I'd make a good breakfast burrito and then walk the dogs and kick a footy or just stay in bed if it's raining because I know Melbourne gets pretty cold and wet. And Brooke says, so this is on our weekends. Mm. Like, oh. She yeah, stung him. It was, a bit, it was just not what she needed at that time. Yeah, yeah. Yep, she didn't exactly. need to hear it. Like yep. he was trying to sell her the dream. Right. And what he needed to do was just sell her like, the day-to-day you know in a in a a, like a really practical way yeah and i don't i don't want to i think influencers do work really hard yeah but they do have that flexibility where like if he was to be like instagram is the job now 
Like, he could do a lot of that stuff on a weekday. Right, right, right. Because you take some pics of the run and then they get content. There you go. Then sure. you've got content and you're, you're being your sponsored by whoever. Yeah. yeah. Uh, like, I also want to say there's something to that conversation where he just needed to come back and say, like, genetic counselor. And she would have been like, done. Thank you. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, like, just, yeah, yeah, like it was sure. a box yeah. that... Genetic counselor is a job that my friend Tanil does. And I'm about to absolutely bastardize what she does for a living. It's incredible. Mm. That's so funny. So, uh, you look at pregnant people and you're like, here are the things that are going on with your genetics. And these are the complications that might your child might have. Mm in very loose and rough terms and I can feel a really passionate letter from Tanil coming or some text message being like, now you need to say this and this next week mm. and honestly, fair, bring it on. Yeah, can't wait. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. He just needed to come back. I don't know why that was the job that I picked out of thin air. He just it's needed cool to come job. back. Yeah, That's it's a why. great job. Yeah, you're right, right. Um, I can think of another famous carpenter who moved on from that line of work and went on to do some pretty fulfilling things. <laughs> Yeah, it's for, for sure. I sit backwards on my chair here. He could, oh. he could just go fuck up some synagogues. You yeah. Know? Oh. Let me rap to you about another famous ex <laughs> Guys, I feel like we've not opened the door for a single jingle so far. Oh, that's true. Single jingle. Single jingle. <laughs> oh. We should play the single jingle for everybody who gets booted, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, that's a good point. I, this there hasn't is been a lot jingle, of... now you're... Single. I love it. It's good. Thank you. You did it. Um, Brooke says, yeah, you know, I wish I could do that every day, but I have to work. And I know you haven't got that right now. So what are the long term plans? And he doesn't quite have the answer that she's looking for. <laughs> um, he says, I'm super goal driven and super ambitious. Without sounding cocky, I feel like I'm going to be super successful. I think there's still time for me to look for things that I'm passionate about other than carpentry. And at the end of the day, I want you to know that I'm falling pretty hard and fast for you and no one's perfect. And I'm like, none of these are the right It's a miss. It's a puzzle miss. Piece right you're now. doing it wrong, Conrad. You're fucking, you're aiming high yeah. and you're missing. Like, and maybe the worst thing is almost realizing that it didn't work. The last thing he says is, I hope I answered you correctly. Oh, yeah. no. And Brooke's eyebrow twitches just a little <gasps> bit. Beautiful. Like yeah. the micro expression. Oh, they should have had Steve the human lie detector <laughs> in there because he'd have had some things okay, to say. Uh, Steve the human lie detector uh, jingle take one. Steve the human lie detector. Steve the human lie detector. Steve the human lie detector. Human lie detector. Name Steve. He's the world's most human lie detector. He's a lie detecting guy whose name is Steve. Oh, we're getting jingles now, baby. <laughs> um, yeah, that's just not the point. Um, I think you can feel him like sweating to course correct here. Yeah, and yeah, just, for sure. You just don't want to show. It, it's such an interesting balance because obviously you need to show that you are putting in effort at all times. Yeah. But also you don't want to like feel the effort. It needs itself. to feel effortless. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And this is the Jamie Lee problem. Mm. <gasps> Yeah, mm. there's a lot of work being put in over time to give Brooke what she wants. Right, mm. and Brooke can definitely feel it, and it's exactly what you said before of, like, it should just be easy. Yeah. Yeah, and it's tricky because the show is all about proving your worth. Yeah. And jumping through a series yeah. of hoops. Like Sometimes literally. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But you can't, <laughs> you have to be so effortless and just glide through it all. Graceful you know? in the way that you do it. It's yeah. a complex show. Yeah, it's uh, worth doing a podcast about for a number of years. <laughs> yeah, so true. Hmm. 
And that's why we love cocktails and roses. Um, <laughs> speaking of roses, rose ceremony, nobody's safe. Two people have to be sent home this week. Let's talk about that. Okay, we've been avoiding yeah. this. Um, the Bachelorette doesn't get to be as long as The Bachelor does um, for absolutely no discernible reason. Money. But I think... It, you're saying mummy? Money. The mummy? The Brendan Fraser in the mum, in the mum, <laughs> money. Good movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Are they airing that right after? <laughs> They're like, I'm sorry. I, we have big plans to put the mummy on every season. Next, you're absolutely next right. season isn't Top Gun, it's the mummy, and there's a date where they just mummify oh, each other. Tom Cruise. Cool. Yeah, Sticks yeah, yeah. some shit in a sarcophagus. Yeah. Like, mm. Okay, what about this? We're about to get to Hometowns, which is where the mummy returns. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, or the mummy. Tomb of the Dragon Emperor is the third one. <laughs> Just pulled that out. That's um, that's um, David's mother. Oh, true. <laughs> that fucking title has been laying dormant in my mind for about fifteen years. I can't believe it. Um, this is the juiciest part of the season, right? We are building to this part throughout the whole thing. The early stages, like if 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 they've done a good job of making a season of this show. These episodes right now should be the ones where somebody you like is going home every single time. And I think they have successfully done that. Agree. This yes. Agree. So why not just send home one person? Why send home one person on night one and on night two and on night three, but then get to this part and start sending home two people every episode for true, the last, true. like, the, since why episode have to cut six? Four, I actually, I think I have to have the answer to this and it is coronavirus. You know what I mean? Like, this feels yeah. like a production schedule cut short because you're shaking your head. I don't buy it. Because this this, this uh, season of Bachelorette is the same length as every other season of Bachelorette. Fair enough. They're not cutting episodes. Yeah. Mm. As much as it might feel like because they're yeah. airing three this week, it's a 12-episode run, the same as it has been the last few times. Yeah. So this was all presumably planned out. I mean, like, there's, there's room for some of it, like... Um, no, you know what? I was thinking Carissa went home outside of a rose ceremony, yeah. but then they didn't have didn't a rose have ceremony one. on that episode. That's right. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how these decisions get made. There's I don't never know. any Cut more people at the top. Don't send four people home when four people new come in. Because only know, right. one person went home right one. Am I being Yeah, crazy? no, yeah, exactly right. Night two and, and night three yeah. all had one person Whereas go the home. Li- and we don't care about it those people. It takes a fucking diuretic at the end and shits everyone out in like <laughs> two weeks. And it's, <laughs> it's so backwards. strange. Yeah. Where is the love is my question. What's wrong with the world? Mama? <laughs> Hmm? (laughs) Uh, i think georgia love is off you know making racist uh, remarks true (laughs) um yeah just watching a lot of the american show recently um where they start with way more people than they need to and then night one they cut like six to ten like an absurd number of bloodbath on night one but like that's fine because you don't care about those people. No. Right. And right. then you get to the end and it's one person, one person, one person, one person. And, and it matters at, every time. If you look at the, the bachelorettes in particular in the US, it feels like they are some of the most relevant people to the franchise. Yes. You know, like mm-hmm. Rachel Lindsay is so relevant. Sure. And I don't know, uh, Caitlin, mm-hmm. like these. Tasha as well has yeah, really become yeah. a figure. Right. Of course. Like, uh, whereas the men are just kind of like, Where's, where's Pilot Pete and what does he have to say? You know, the last one that I remember being so historically revered and, and still relevant is Ben Higgins. And it's just because he seems to keep getting married. Yeah. Yeah. Matt, I mean, Matt, Matt, uh, 
Matt James? Matt James, yeah. Really? Yeah. I don't think Matt no, James... No, I don't think he was interesting, but I mean he was historically relevant. Colton, sure. Colton has cemented himself by coming out as mm. gay. That's yeah. the only interesting thing. That yeah. I mean, of... I love all of my dear little children. I suppose yeah, what I mean I by historically relevant show. is like enduringly relevant, and yes. I don't know that with Matt James in three months we can have seen that. But I'd like... be curious if you ask people who don't watch the American show which Bachelors they can name, and I yeah. think Ben yeah. Higgins might be one of them. Yeah. yeah. Um... That was the first season that I really got into of the American show. It's good. I've watched every single one of them since then. Yeah. There you go. And I've started watching the Swedish one. I've watched all the Canadian God. one. Canadian Bachelor in Paradise is going off, by the oh, way. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, I forgot it's on. Oh, it's... Is it's Candan on, on it's it? on? Uh, no, not Candan, but Amal is. Ah, I mean, sorry, right. Amex. Yeah. Um, let's make this episode longer. Let's keep Yeah, let's keep, keep going. going. We are at the two hour 20 mark. Great. Uh, we haven't even started hometowns. No, I know. Sorry, I, that's my personal excitement about getting my crayons <laughs> back. Uh, I told Evie, and she was like, "You're such an Aries. Like, let it go." And uh, I was like, "No." Yeah, yeah. Uh, same. Are you an Aries? <laughs> oh yeah. I love that. Yeah. This is why you and I both always have like this is my argument that I've prepared and that I would like to discuss. Yeah, yeah. Here's the outline. Here's how we. Uh, but uh, I don't know what the other things are. I was born at one o'clock on a tuesday what we're good at is is coming and meeting in the middle yes um and i don't know where in the in the astrology that comes from i think an aries respects a strong opinion uh-huh. and so i think you and i like we we like to express an opinion in a very clear way but we have respect for someone who also has Can an do opinion that. in a very yeah, clear yeah. way okay yeah, no respect for that virgo over there yeah <laughs> fuck them real <laughs> recognize real. sorry i tuned out when i stopped talking um <laughs> Brooke hands out the roses in this order. Jamie Lee, David, Holly, and Conrad. So, it is farewell to Millie and Kurt. Millie leaves without a word, which kind of sucks, if you yeah. ask me. I, I, I want to take Millie as a quick divergent to talk about being a lesbian, if I may. Please. Um, I know we're so long in this already. No, but I'm not making apologies anymore. This oh, episode's no. as long as it is. Okay. Um, so sorry to my mother who'll listen to the whole thing but hasn't oh my gosh, hi, hasn't mom. listened to anything else. Great. She'll just enjoy me talking because she's a great mum. Thanks up, mom? for raising um, a wonderful daughter. We love you very much. She's the best. Um, so I found I've I've been turning this over in my head a lot since this show started, trying to figure out a way to talk about what it feels like to be a lesbian rather than a bisexual woman watching it. And sure. I want to say really yeah. clearly from the yeah, top interesting. that I don't think those things are in contention. And I don't think if you're going to represent bisexual women, you have to represent lesbians. I mm. And I also don't think that there is a clear definitive line between those two experiences. Mm -hmm. I think being a queer woman and having sapphic experiences can often have a huge amount of overlap outside of those two labels being distinct. Okay, yes, understood. Yes. Yeah. That being said, there has been a lot, and it's fantastic, a lot of conversation about bisexuality, and they've used the word lesbian once. Yeah. Which yeah, is when yeah, Neely arrived and she was like, lesbians like to U-Haul. And that's it. That's yeah, the only yeah. reference but to lesbianism. Who was the other woman who came in and she was like, I'm a lesbian? Yeah, I don't think I that, thought that was Millie. Millie. I think that was... Second Jess. Yeah, it was Second Jess. That's oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and she's been so relevant. So, she <laughs> <laughs> okay. You unfortunately weren't here on the episode when anyway. Second Jess did whatever Second Jess. Did. Right. Exactly. Like details. What yes. you were explaining is is the nuance of of the way that this is explained. Yeah. Yes. And I I've really liked Millie, even though we haven't seen a lot of her, mm. because the other thing that she's represented is a more 
slightly more masculine woman. Because the thing that this show has done is, and I will, anyway, I won't get ahead of myself and start arguing against myself. Um, the thing that a show has done is represented feminine queer women exclusively. Yes. Mm. Um, with the exception of Millie, who is what we would call a footch, who is a middle row between a femme and a butch, mm-hmm. um, uh, because she wears suits sometimes. Okay. Um, and uh, yeah, anyway, that's all, the whole femme butch thing is also really complicated, but I have found it a bit out of body to watch because it doesn't... I've dated pretty much exclusively masculine women. I'm You can't see me. I'm a bit more on the femme end of things. But I was really excited about this because I was kind of excited about the prospect of having someone to, like, get a crush on. Yeah. Because I've never had that because yeah. the show only has feminine women always. Yeah, right. Like, because they're not going to bring in a masculine woman for a man. That would be crazy. Yeah, right. <laughs> it well, wouldn't be, to be clear. He'd but puke. He'd yeah, he'd dyke. be like, ew, a dyke. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, I I found that disappointing. One, just because I wanted to, like, fall in parasocial love with somebody the yeah. way that everybody gets to. And, and two, mm. because the way they've justified it is Brooke saying that her type is femmes. And I understand that, and I understand there was a limited number of women they could bring in, and they wanted to bring in feminine women because that's what she wanted. But if I was the bachelorette, and then never going to do that, but if I was the lesbian bachelorette, and I was like, my type is masculine women, they would bring in half masculine women and half feminine women because they're never going to have lesbians on TV who are exclusively mask. They're never going to be comfortable with that because the gaze they're concerned about isn't just... In my opinion, obviously, this is all my opinion. Can I, sorry, just yeah. uh, G-A-Y-S or G-A-Z-E? Z, Z, gays with a Z. Okay. Um, the gays they're interested in, one is queer women. Obviously, they wanted queer women to watch this season. But if straight men, and I don't mean this exclusively, obviously, but they want straight men to watch women making out that they're attracted to. Yes. That's mm. like a historical Absolutely. thing in all That conversation was definitely had in a... In a- Warner Brothers or Channel 10 boardroom or whatever. Yeah, exactly. And they were like, oh, well, we have this excuse to only bring in feminine women because it's Brooke's type. And we won't even put one. And a friend of mine was like, wouldn't it be worse if they brought in a masked woman just to cut her straight away? And I was like, no, I want one. I just yeah. want one, you know? I think you maybe pointed this out at some point. So I'm stolen We've talked Bella about this for... in the group chat a bunch. Yeah, but it was, it was just like knowing the producers of this show... Like, let's look at a historic season like uh, Richie Strawn, where, mm. like, it became incredibly clear that the only type of woman that he was interested in <laughs> was blonde women, yeah. right? Like, whatever. Like, blonde you're allowed to have a type haggis. if you want to. Yeah. Um, but, like, there's no chance that they didn't know that that was a preference of his. Yes. yes. But, like, even, you know, if, if they found out that you had a very specific preference, no matter what it was, they would still cast people outside of that preference Take, take, for example, how every season the lead talks about how they want to talk. They want to spend the rest of their life with someone. Yeah. They want to find a meaningful connection of love with someone. And oh, you're they so bring right. in some fucking yeah. psycho. Yeah, <laughs> every exactly. Time. Like, you know, there is no season that has given us any reason to believe that the producers are exclusively casting people based on their actual compatibility or the preference Legit. of their lead. Yeah, and I yeah, would yeah. also argue that they have started, and it's great, expanding upon the types of men they bring in. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. Conrad is a more feminine man. He's got, well, ugh, this whole masculine-feminine thing is also fucked, but, like, yeah. he yeah. has qualities that we would associate with femininity, and, like, he talks about his emotions a lot, and we love to see that, and, like, you know, 
even oh, fucking they suck and they've revealed themselves to be toxic men but kieran and tim hanley when they first showed up on the scene mm-hmm. seemed like these men that were really different from the men we'd seen on the show uh-huh. before and i would just i would love to have seen that so much and i would also have loved for anyone to talk about the experience of being a lesbian because they've talked so yeah. much about the experience of being a bisexual woman. So important. So glad that they're talking about that. Mm-hmm. But I mean, and I think this can just be an aspiration for a season to come that yeah. I would like yeah. to yep. see that because Fully. we, we, you, we've long, long expired to see what we're seeing right now. Right. And I guess I just, you know, the closest we came was Millie who had very little screen time and, I feel there was very little earnest conversation about her sexuality in a way yeah, that there had been with true. lots of other people. And I just would have liked to have seen it, you know? Anyway, I'm free. I'm single, <laughs> you know? I think, um, I'm um, not going away on a yacht. So if go. they want to have me on the show, mm-hmm. I did apply. I didn't, I didn't, I did. I applied and they didn't pick me for this, but I did get asked to do first dates, which there you go. Hey. I said no to. But, um, oh, they've been begging us to go on first I know, dates. I know, they keep asking. I've been getting yeah. email and email and email. After yeah, I knew email it wasn't special. Like, I know they're just contacting everybody. Um, but yes, anyway. No, actually, we, I'm sorry, I need to explain this, but we asked if we could go on first dates. <laughs> And they email back saying, like, you have been accepted to be in the background of first dates. And then <laughs> uh-huh. we did not get our application back in yeah, time. We, so we are not going we're to simply be clumsy. this time. Exceptional. Mm. Um, yes, but I just I just want to hear people talk about being a lesbian. And I feel like it, it just, you know, it's not a thing that gets talked about. And I love being a lesbian and it's all I talk about. So mm. I just want to see it on my TV. I just really hope that... Um, Channel 10, Warner Brothers, Powers That Be, producers, yada yada, don't see this as having ticked it off the list and being like, cool, we tried that. Or, you know, worst comes to worst, they look at the ratings and go like, well, people didn't watch it. Um, Like, I hope that this is the first step um, down a a more progressive line for this show or, you know, at least like more uh, open-minded casting or whatever. Yeah, definitely. And I think that as we look at the... 10 play streaming data that comes in. This is something that they're going to take note of because that's where their young viewers are. And if those, like, I don't know, we, the model of revenue, which is so gross to say (laughs) after everything (laughs) that is beautiful that you just said, that is prohibitive of, uh, you know, a 7.30 time slot for the type of TV ratings that yeah. this season has been earning mm. is old hat. You know, like, yeah. it's so old-fashioned and the point at which advertisers and people with money catch up to where the youth are yeah. and where young people are going and what their habits are is the point at which, I believe... We'll see more of this, you know, I hope so. and I think yeah. that the particularly with the season already, the proof is in the pudding, and you know, hear you, same sad that there wasn't more of that talk because representation mat- matters. <laughs> it, <laughs> and like, I don't like so much representation has gone on this season, so oh, I yeah. don't want to act like I don't acknowledge the significance of that. Yeah, and I am yeah, so yeah. happy about it. Yeah. I just, you know, for, yeah, there are just me. more steps and like, okay. there are a little like, uh, if, if we are to take a really optimistic and, um, a little bit of an ignorance is bliss approach to this, it's a stepping stone to seeing yeah. that there can be more of this. I really hope so. Me too. Yeah. yeah. 
So unfortunately, though, Millie doesn't really get to sort of make any kind of statement at the end yeah. here. Bye, Millie. Which feels like maybe her time on the show didn't really paramount to much at all. Mm. Uh, Millie gained a respectable 482 followers this week, bringing her total since pregame to 1,835. One of which was me. Yes, me too. Um, Not sure. Wow. Homophobic silence from Max. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, Max, for being straight for me and for not spearheading a campaign of hate. And if you are specifically orchestrating a violent attack, thanks for doing it behind our back. Every single hat for the patience not to do a hate crime yet. Unless you have, in which case, don't listen to the podcast. Uh, okay. We see Brooke farewelling Kurt at the limo and he holds her hands and sort of flaps them around a bit while he says... This is so nice. This is beautiful. He says, don't be sorry. It just didn't work out. That's all right. I wish it was me, but hey, we can still be friends on the outside. And as he's stepping into the car, he says, I'll see you soon. Well, maybe. Like, catch up for a coffee or something? Beautiful. Beautiful. See you, bro. Gorgeous. I'll talk to you later. Well, maybe. (laughs) Uh, In his backseat (laughs) interview... Very real, you know? (laughs) Just processing in real time. Yeah, yeah. Um, in his backseat interview, he says, I kind of just wish that I'd backed myself a little bit more. Oh, love him. I think that's something that's going to eat away at me a little bit, but I'm not going to blame anyone else. I- I'm just going to blame myself. Mm. I mean, that's also okay. sport culture coming. Do you know what I mean? So like, true. Mm, yeah. I wish I'd, oh, if I just backed myself a bit more, then maybe I would have been able to exert the 110% that was required to give mm. full credit to the whatever. You know, like they sound like sports cliches, but in this moment, I'm really feeling it. From yeah. Him. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Kurt gained 1,217 followers this week. Yes, dog. Bringing his total follower gain since preseason to an even 3,000. Good on him. Um, I think people have really rallied around Kurt after his elimination. Kurt. Um, I'd be really curious to see what's next for him. Yeah. Um, I want Kurt. good yeah. things. I only want good things. Yeah. He would yeah. be a paradise gem. Oh, yeah. Oh. Please. Whoever gets to be with him in paradise, what a what a lucky person. Yeah. 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 Katie's free. Uh not interested, but, you know. No, I might. <laughs> Honestly. I might. Okay. Uh, and then Osh's voiceover that traditionally says, next time on The Bachelorette kicks in, except it's been hastily edited to just say, next on The Bachelorette, <laughs> in a way that I feel like we could do more cleanly. And Max, you have to edit this episode. I would like you to edit me saying that just then to make it better. Could you, you know? do it one more time for me? Next time on The Bachelorette. Perfect. Great. See, everyone, I'm a great editor. Crushed <laughs> yeah, it. I'm so fantastic. sorry for what we've given you to deal with. <laughs> now, anyway, with that incredibly seamless effort to bridge what is obviously two episodes together, it's time to dive once again deeper than we have all season, way down Swish. into our third episode of the week, The Bachelorette Australia Season 7, Episode 10. I'm calling it what it is. This is a different episode. Yeah, it's a different is. episode. Absolutely. Yeah. It's yes. an entirely different episode. We open on a shot of Brooke Blurton's adorable Ruby Cavoodle named Koba, who, by the way, has over five times as many Instagram followers as this podcast. 
Right. Uh, and no, I I disagree. I think I, that is I rightfully think she deserves it. Yeah, definitely. Right. Um, Kobar <laughs> also has more Instagram followers than eight people in the cast of this season, which is pretty <laughs> incredible. Yeah. Uh, Kobar has posted six photos. I mean, on the Instagram. dog is more famous inherently. Mm. You sure. know. Yeah. Um, Brooke sets the stage for hometowns with some long ponder shots overlooking a beach. I think maybe it's the same spot that Jimmy Nicholson kept pondering from in his season. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was it was Long Reef, I think. Mm. Long Reef Headland on Looks the like Northern it, yeah. Beaches. Uh, thank you. I'll be your Northern Beaches correspondent. <laughs> <laughs> you really should have had me on Jimmy's season. Yeah, I had a true. lot of Northern Beaches takes. Yep. Okay. Okay. And to your left, you'll see. Um, yeah. uh, uh, we get some footage. A wealthy of- woman. Yeah. Rich, mean people. <laughs> White people who suck. Um, we get some footage of Conrad pondering too, because he has got the first hometown date of the season. Although since borders are closed to Victoria, it will be via the Steve Van Apparen video link. He ITMs that the L word could be coming, even though season three of Generation Q has not yet been confirmed by Showtime. I need it. I need them too. Mm. Uh, Brooke ITMs a lot of stuff we heard about 15 minutes ago about how she needs stability because she didn't have a lot of it growing up. These episodes were really poorly cut together. Mm. Oh, just revision just of something so we just bad. heard. Conrad says they'll be meeting his parents, Roger and Ella, as well as his brother, Charlie. Brooke says that not having parents herself, meeting the parents is an especially big deal. Cut to Thang's Cafe on Ligon Street in East Brunswick, just next to Muscle Shoals Records, which is a great little shop, especially for secondhand stuff and crate digging. Um, I noticed that Conrad follows them on Instagram, which is really cute. Yeah. Really close to where I lived in Melbourne. There you go. Yeah. Yeah, it's a beautiful spot. Anyway, we see the family getting set up in front of the camera at a table at the cafe, and in full view in the background is the cafe's menu with some really reasonable prices. Uh, you can get borscht for ten dollars there. You can get what? Borscht. It's it's a beautiful, delicious Polish beetroot based. You soup. can get borscht. <laughs> <laughs> I love this though. They just always have some borscht on the go, like sitting <laughs> in a big pot back there. It's incredible. They also have something on the menu called a quote veggie yummy thing for eleven dollars, which yeah. I would find that it is hard the most to resist. Profoundly Melbourne thing I've ever heard. <laughs> mm. You know. Like, listen, we're not telling you what it is, but you, it's you're gonna, gonna be yummy. you fucking vegetarian you're gonna like it (laughs) (laughs) yeah uh speaking of things you're gonna like this is our introduction to conrad's family who are absolutely adorable so wonderful conrad's dad roger absolutely steals the show he cracks jokes about his hair his glasses and his general wackiness conrad leaves brooke with the parents for a moment who asks brooke whether she thinks there's a future with conrad And Roger tears up, talking about how seriously Conrad took his previous relationship, which ended in heartbreak. He apologizes for getting emotional, saying kooky and stupid his father is. But he can't hold back the emotion, as he says, he's such a wonderful man. He'd be a great catch. I love him to death. I would do anything for my son. I really would. I can't believe how beautiful this was. Like, (sighs) I was so... Maybe it's my dad trauma um, mm. and my absence of a father, but mm. I was so moved by it that I, I nearly cried and I just thought it was yeah. such a beautiful thing to see, especially really lovely. in the hometown environment where it's usually the dads who are absolutely feral and difficult to stand yeah. and yeah. Like, yes. have these misogynistic ideas about the women and mm. oh, yeah. And it's usually so tedious, mm. like hearing mm. them trot out the same shit over and over that like... 
something like this really stands out. It's a diamond in the rough. It's you know? a palate cleanser, you know? Beautiful. You were just like, oh, maybe this hometowns isn't going to be shit. Right, 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 right. Brooke and Conrad's mom, Ella, both tear up as they are hearing him give this speech. It's like, you know, it's a bit hard to get across on the podcast, but like, this is a really moving moment. It, yeah, it was incredible. I, mm. I, It's like, there isn't much to say about it because mm. the moment speaks for itself. Right. Exactly. Right. It's just, it just is meaningful. Mm. Yeah. Uh, we cut to the evening. How long were they on this call? Um, I noticed that. Yeah. I was like, guys... <laughs> Uh, and Roger says, Brooke, we love you. We think you're absolutely gorgeous and we'd love for you to be part of our family. Conrad can go somewhere else. No, that's not true. <laughs> anyway, point I'm trying to make is don't break my baby's heart. Oh. And I mean that. Know what I'm saying? I love it. I love it. He I feel just... like there might be some little kid watching. Well, not some little kid, but like some fucking Gen Z fucking TikTok addict who watches <laughs> this and goes like, this is cringe. This is chuggy. Yeah. But I, I, I truly think like we talk a lot about like models of like alternate models of masculinity on this show. Here's one. Here's one. And you see how Conrad became Conrad. Because exactly. his father is this incredible model of non-toxic masculinity and like non-misogynistic masculinity where he's just like comfortable having his feelings and like expressing how much he loves his son like we live in a world where fathers are not always excellent expressing how much they love their children oh yeah like yeah it was beautiful Mm. by the way i'm young and i use tiktok too so uh i'm cool um with that they sign off and brooke and conrad still have a doorstep debrief uh, where Conrad says, I'm glad that they liked you and saw what I see in you as well. I guess with the way it's been progressing, sort of naturally, the connection's been growing stronger and stronger for me, and I'm definitely falling in love with you, Brooke. It's serious. It's real. Brooke asks him to repeat it, and he says, I'm definitely falling in love with you. Who would have thought? It's crazy. That was such a beautiful moment. Lovely. That yeah. felt like such a real moment in mm-hmm. a relationship where mm-hmm. someone says something like that and you're like, can you say that again? Yeah. Like it was yeah, yeah. Oh, so authentic and so real, you know? Yeah. yeah. They pash on the front doorstep. Seems like all the right boxes have been checked, right? And Conrad ITMs, all I can do now is hope for the best. And Brooke ITMs, I massively care for him. I care about him with every inch of my soul. I think he's so beautiful. But I feel like there's so much more uncertainty about our future. And Conrad's family don't want to see their son and their brother get hurt. It's some powerful, like, I think it's interesting because they're sort of willing to give away the conceit that he's maybe going to go. Like, Mm. because they lean so heavily into the idea that she cares about him, but she doesn't want to, like, she doesn't know if she's certain of him. I feel like that's... You get that dynamic at hometowns. It happened with Tara Pavlovic where you're like, oh, he cares so much about this woman that he's not going to break her heart worse. Later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. To a similar extent, I suppose you could be said, I suppose it could be said that this is what the honey badger did to Brooke. Oh, yeah. Just allowed her. If she was a dickhead, sure. Yeah. Like, Mm. I think there was something more sinister to his inability to, like commit to her or anyone else well you know? absolutely yeah yeah, yeah. D- uh, like removing that from the equation yes. it feels like he took the woman who he cared about the most and sent her home forth <laughs> that's true that is what he did he spared brooke from the humiliation of the episode where he doesn't yeah. pick anybody mm. hometown number two jamie lee is up next and apparently she lives in a fucking mansion um <laughs> 
frankly not too surprised, I guess. But I do wonder if it is her place. I, I doubt it. always comes up. They rent places for people. Yeah. 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 Um, she will be introducing Brooke to two of her friends, Dee and Monique. We watch them sit down to lunch, and Dee begins by asking, how does this work? You're Dee does not understand a thing. Three I, other people? I also I want to say something right at the top. I have mm-hmm. to confess, because Jamie Lee said the L word, like she said the phrase the L word, oh, yeah. before they walked in, I spent this entire hometown trying to make an L word joke for Twitter. And and I felt as a lesbian, I had been called to this purpose (laughs) and I could not come up with a single fucking thing. And I was watching it with my friend Minna and she was watching me get more and more frustrated. And she was like, dude, shit's happening. And I was like, there's a joke. There's a joke and I can't get there. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So tell me what happened. I don't know. Great. Okay. Um, Oh, it turns out that the L word was was lethargy. Oh, well. Um, yeah, this, this thing with, with, uh, D just not quite getting what's going on. She ITMs, it's quite concerning to me to hear the fact that Brooke is dating two other guys and another girl aside from Jamie Lee. And it's like, Jamie Lee, why did you invite this fucking noob? <laughs> right. Did they not watch the first time she was on the show? Right. Like, <laughs> right. D, more like F. <laughs> oh, very well done. Fucking good. Got her. <laughs> D more like didn't pay attention <laughs> when someone explained The Bachelor to her. That was worse. I made it worse. <laughs> I'll take both. It's great. Uh, there's a lot of follow-up questions here that are pretty classic producer lines, I think. Um, she's like, what makes Jamie Lee different? Um, and like, Jamie Lee's all in it, but are you really serious about this? I'm just like, okay. Mm. Yeah, I think that's also part of the problem is I tuned back in a couple times and I was like, this is boring. There's yeah. got to be an L word joke I can make. And I, went back <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think um, one of the hallmarks of a bad hometown is when you see somebody asking a lot of questions, but not being interested in actually hearing the answer. Yeah. yeah. And you can tell the show is not really that interested in the answer anyway. It's yeah. more just like, oh, imagine being in this situation. This is spicy. Yeah. yeah. But it's like, it's actually not spicy if you don't dig into any of it. Yeah, right. If the, yeah, if the, I agree. Um, uh, it's, it's similar to, and I forget what date this was last season on Jimmy. It's funny how it's forgettable, right? Uh, it's so forgettable, but the friend who was actively sabotaging her friend mm. last time, where they're like, she, but, oh, it's Jay's friend. I'm like, oh, I'm trying yeah. to remember a single second of Jimmy's hometowns. <laughs> it's just, it's not there. And Jay's friend was like, it wasn't about kids, it was like, you, oh, she dated the former Bachelor. Yeah, yeah. her friend that dunked th- on her and did yeah, that. That was yeah, crazy. yeah. 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 But and it's that exact same thing of like we but don't care. Jamie Lee's friends had the energy of people who've watched her get really obsessed with too oh, many yeah. people. Yeah, like like the bit of it that I was paying attention to. It seemed like she's come home a bunch of times and been like, "I've met the one." Yeah, right. and they're like, "Okay, Jamie Lee." Sure. Like, yeah. and they've heard her talk about Brooke for three years, being right. like, "Maybe it was meant to be Brooke," and they're like. Come she's going to get her heart so broken if she doesn't get picked because yeah. she's got so much riding on this. Right, 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 right. Brooke is like, I absolutely care for her. I'm very attracted to her and I enjoy the time that we spend being affectionate with each other. And Dee and Monique just kind of stare her down with angry faces until an arbitrary point that I can't decide what the actual pivot is where the music changes and the edits shows them smiling again. <laughs> um, and then Dee eventually says that Brooke's really easy to get along with and she can see why Jamie Lee's falling for her and now she just hopes that they can tell each other how they feel. None like, of this is is warranted or justified by anything that happens prior to this point. No. 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 And then we again see some time-lapse footage of day turning into night 
And there's clearly several more hours of conversation that don't make the cut. Just like with Conrad's... Com- comrade. <laughs> comrade. Comrade. Uh, I mean, he did come out against, this you know, true. capitalist yeah, work. Anti-capitalism, that's true. Um, I'm curious, like, there's so much time here where they're clearly having a conversation and not yeah. showing us that footage. Not that I think anything particularly juicy necessarily happened, but just that the previous part was so rote and so much like it felt like they were saying the shit that they need to say to film one of these that like whatever happened during that time must, must have, have been, been more interesting, so right? Boring. Like what? How like, on earth could it have been less interesting than what they said? Yeah, no. <laughs> show us that yeah. part. Um, anyway, Jamie Lee ITMs. I am absolutely falling in love with Brooke. I really am. I'm trying to read this quickly. I'm like, I am blah blah blah. blah. Um, <laughs> But when it comes to their doorstep debrief, she can't quite get the words out. Oh, she bungled it. Yeah. So, I mean, this is a foul, right? This is an error. <laughs> uh, instead saying, I need to not because I'm going to cry. Because, like, I really, really, yeah, I definitely, um, I really like you. Fuck. She's going the, the Carly Rae Jepsen route, you know. <laughs> um, and uh, in ITM, she says she's kicking herself for not saying she's falling in love with her. She just hopes she gets more time to share her true feelings. She says she hopes Brooke understood. I don't yeah. think she did. I didn't understand. No. Right. What yeah. the fuck were you on about, you honey? Didn't really say anything. I just think like she. It seems to me like she has built this up so much. Oh yeah. That she feels so much anxiety and pressure to get every second of it right. Yeah. yeah. That you're inevitably going to fuck it up and of not course, say what you want to say. Of course. Yeah. Because yeah. it means too much. Yeah. Exactly. Because the- yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Because the, like, the fantasy means so much in particular. Mm. This girl, you can tell she loves a rom-com, and I understand because I'm that girl. Yeah. But, Queen, you got to lift out of it a little bit, mm. or you're not going to make um, good choices by yourself. Right, you know? right. It just needs like, to, like, it, there just needs to be two steps back taken. Yeah. You know what it's I mean? It's so tricky Otherwise, because everything about this experience is trying to put you more into that headspace. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. Which is yeah. what makes this so worth disgusting and so interesting mm. i think so hometown number three it is david we watch brooke assembling a cheese board including some unsquished grapes um david is coming to the batch pad because borders to brisbane are closed so there's going to be another video chat david itms about his close-knit family his sister is pregnant <laughs> he spends time with her and his mum elaine once a week what a nice young man Good, you know. Yep. Good on you. Yep. Uh, he warns that his mum is a little bit protective. Really? And also <laughs> that she's English. Ooh. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, Elaine wants to find out whether Brooke would be willing to move to Brisbane. Because, quote, if Darv came home and said he's moving to Melbourne tomorrow, I think I'd kill him. This woman had very um, intense energy. Mm, <laughs> I've just to, written bad vibes here. I went to high school with this girl um, who I was friends with like in year seven and eight, who whenever you had a sleepover, one, her mum would stay for like two hours just uh-huh. to seem like suss out how the parents were. Mm. And two, if you went from anywhere from the sleepover, like you go to a movie, you go to the pool, you go to dinner, mm-hmm. her mum would pick her up and drive her to the thing. Oh, she'd be at the drop-off Rather point. than letting the parents of the sleepover oh. drive you. Oh. And, and that's the energy David's mum gives me. Yeah, you know, I don't real... think she's let him go anywhere on his own since he was born. There's something quite visceral there, isn't there? You know mm. that the day he came and said he was moving out, she cried for like four hours. Oh, yeah. It's just a lot. Oh, yeah. And he was moving out. We'll get there. 
down the street. <laughs> it is uh, it is funny that Brooke is preparing this little cheese board because um, David arrives with a packed lunch that she's making. Uh. <laughs> Um, yeah, she's actually been sitting outside the mansion in her car this whole time, <laughs> just in case he wants to go home yeah, or he exactly. needs something from her. Mm-hmm. Um, she continues saying that she lives on the same street as David, and that bond is extremely important. So, essentially, Brooke, how are you going to make that work for me? You know? Like, that's kind of the That's energy. the question. It's a yes. lot. Brooke says, I love Brizzy, but I have only just moved to Melbourne from WA. But I do think we haven't got to that stage of the discussion just yet. And then when asked if she would move to Brisbane, she says, I would love to stay in Melbourne for the rest of the year, but I really am supportive of David's setup in Brizzy. I haven't quite settled in Melbourne, but I am very open. And Elaine is relieved because she is basically, it feels like she's kind of bullied oh, yeah. Brooke into She's got Brooke at knife right? point. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> Um, She's basically said, I will rip my son from this relationship because yeah. I have that power if you don't move here. Elaine's a problem. Yeah, I, yeah. You know, I just feel like this is something that David and his mum should have probably worked out long before he oh, agreed yeah. to go on the show. Maybe when right? he was like 16. Well, yes. <laughs> yeah. Talked yes. about his future. Like. Yeah. But it's just, whenever, whenever something like this happens on a hometown date, I'm always like, how are you not coaching this? Like, the minute that you send in an application to The Bachelor or Bachelorette, you should already have thought about what your family is going to be like. How you're saying to your mum. And don't and, say any of that shit that you normally say. Right. And if they're not already going to be chill, yeah. you need to start chilling them out about it 100%. Like, as soon yes. as possible. Yeah. it's. I just feel like, I don't know, I often, as one does, think about what it would be like if I brought someone home on Hometowns to my family. Mm. And my mum is really chilled out. And I feel like she would just be like, yeah, I'm happy to see Katie happy. And yeah. they, like, wouldn't be able to get her to do the things that these crazy mothers do. Well, I think, um, not that I disagree, but I think there are probably a lot of parents who are on this show that are like that. And that's how you end up getting things like the, the hometown date we just had, where they are saying the rote things. They're basically yeah, no, reading so it right. from palm cards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you can say those things without seeming bad. Like, I don't think anything negative about... Um, Jamie Lee's Jamie friends. Jamie Lee's friends. Or... D? Yeah, because she's just saying the shit that you assume that everyone's going to say on this show. It's right, true. right. Whereas this didn't feel, this didn't have the, the same feeling that she wasn't asking the exact same questions that everybody asked. It was better TV. Yes, I agree. But like she's, br- you know, bringing more of herself to the table. Sure. Yeah, I agree. I um, agree. But in in this instance, it's just like y- you wish that that didn't have to be a component of the relationship. For sure. Yeah. Brooke ITMs, she will definitely have to talk about these logistical things with David soon. I'm also like... Uh, Why has she not talked about this with anyone before Hometowns? Well... What's going on? This happens, I think, every season. Where we get to Hometowns and the lead is like, oh, we haven't had a chance to have these logistical conversations or whatever. So I almost feel like there is a concerted effort to stop that from happening. Interesting. Where, like, obviously David and Brooke have had small amounts of time at pretty regular intervals at cocktail parties. Yeah. They haven't been on a lot of single days together. Maybe it could have come up on that previous single day. Yeah. But, like, I, I almost feel like if a producer spots that kind of, like, future preparation happening, they will yeah. try and bust it up. Particularly yeah. with the winner. Yeah. You know, yes. or with the presumed winner in this yeah. case. They're sort of like, what we need is for this to wait as long as possible, and then we need to say, 
look, Jimmy, it's not going to work out because you're a pilot <laughs> and I need you to be home by 7 p.m. to cook dinner every night. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And I... Oh, wow, I was fucking going to say something and it just... Over my head, what was I going to say? Mm. Oh, I think maybe... Um, what's put David ahead a little bit is I think that maybe they've had at least one conversation about it because she said that thing about supporting his business yeah, in Brisbane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they've clearly, like, they've had the early stages conversation, which we're about to see. I don't think she had it all with someone yes. else. Yeah. At their doorstep debrief, David tells Brooke, I'm so smitten. I'm so smitten with you. I'm serious. I think you're absolutely beautiful. You're an amazing person. They share a kiss. Brooke mirrors him in ITM, saying, I'm absolutely smitten with David. And I miss him when I'm not with him. Cute. She said when they went on, maybe it was a single date. She said, I miss you like 15 times to yeah. him. And I was like, girl, you got it bad. You found the yeah. one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, hometown number four, Holly. Um, I've written here, boy, this is a long episode, huh? <laughs> <laughs> uh, we walk in on Holly decanting some wine, if you couldn't tell that this is the Northern Beaches. Oh my god, can I just say, I've been in this house, like, not this house, but, mm. like, this house with that white kitchen mm-hmm. and the tile mm-hmm. artwork up on the wall and a pool with a glass, mm-hmm. like, fence mm. around it and those weird plants that are all growing in backyards in the Northern Beaches with the... I can't describe them. <laughs> but, like, I was, like, I viscerally, I've been here <laughs> and I've been in this room with this mother where I don't want to mention I'm a lesbian. Right. Okay. And we'll get okay, to that. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, we're going to meet Holly's twin sister, Paige, younger sister, Chelsea. No, we're not. And we're going to meet the mum, Susie. We don't meet either of the sisters. No, no, they're just sort of there. Yeah. Um, yeah. Mostly it's the mum, Susie, who is definitely going to be the guard dog this time around. They sit down to lunch and already we're getting, we're getting the inception like on the soundtrack. Susie begins with an interesting question. Not only are you the prize this time around, but do do you find it different now that you've got boys that are vying for your attention as well as girls that are vying for your attention? And I'm like, I don't it's think yucky. it would be that different. That's it's... who she normally dates. Do you yeah, know the, the mum wants to ask, what's it like to be bi? Do you like boys better than girls? Yeah, yeah, totally. You know that's like, she's like, I can't say that on the TV because the, the you know, the PC brigade will get upset with me. <laughs> I was viscerally 16 again. It was too much for me. <laughs> it felt like that. that's a question that maybe you would ask to like the producers or like somebody working on the show yeah. or like, how have you found this experience different? But for Brooke, it's not different. No. This is, this is just who she dates. Right. Um, Susie explains that meeting a female partner of Holly's is, quote, a bit of an anomaly. What a word choice. I mean, yes, she hasn't met a female partner of Holly's before. I can understand how on that level it is, it is, a, it is different. But it's to hard. call it an anomaly, I feel like... It's hard not yeah. to read the subtext of being like, it's fucking weird that you're not a man that I'm meeting right now. Right, you know? right, right, like, right. And it also, like, the word anomaly makes it feel like it's a blip on the radar. You know what I mean? Absolutely. This one-time Like an thing. error in even, some way. Even giving her the absolute benefit of the doubt, it's just bad word choice. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. I do. I should proclaim that I'm not going to give this woman the benefit of the doubt, which, uh-huh. like, isn't fair, but I just, I feel like I've met a million women like her. Uh-huh. And so I'm just responding from a place of being from the Northern Beaches. <laughs> Can I yeah. ask you more about the word choice of female partner? <laughs> you can. I hated it. I Tell found me it about it. Quite uh, frustrating. Um... 
I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't think that it needed to be addressed that yeah. it was the first time she'd brought home a woman. I'm yeah. just going to call her a woman mm. because um, female partner, <laughs> it just, it sounds like something you'd take on a census form. Like yeah. it is a weird, listen, I, I don't want to presume things about this woman that I don't know. Mm. So I'll only say she gives me the vibes of the kind of women I know Friends of mine who grew up queer on the northern beaches, when they came out as bisexual, their mum said, well, at least you're not a lesbian. Mm. But it really reminded me of that context that you can be in as a queer woman where there's only a certain amount of it that is acceptable to some people. Uh Mm -hmm. And again, don't know that she's like this, not trying to say that she is, but it brought my back up. It made me anxious. It brought back an old feeling that I haven't had in a long time. It struck me as like that thing that people say that it is like, um, oh, I don't care what you do as long as you don't do it in front of me. Kind of like, oh yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. There are people you can tell are comfortable with a certain level of like, um, the existence of gay people, but yeah. they wouldn't want their kid to be gay or they wouldn't want to watch gay people, you know, be homos in front of them. <laughs> um, I don't know. And I yeah, like, yeah. again, I don't want to presume this woman thinks this way because I don't know. Yeah. But as, as a person from that conservative part of the world, it's a thing that I dealt with a lot. Yeah. And I don't know, man, I find it. I'm sorry. This is a bit of a side note, but the way that they're like, Holly is so settled on the Northern beaches and she loves it here. One, the last blonde Holly was also from the Northern beaches and very settled there. And I was like, do they just wander into a manly pub and find one? Yeah. But the other thing I think is really interesting is there's this dynamic of people who grow up in the North of Sydney Mm, mm. where you either stay there and intergenerationally everyone stays there for their whole lives or you turn 18 and you run like mad. And I was one of those people. And so I think it's really interesting for me to watch that culture of very affluent people Mm, mm, who mm. have a very particular way of going about these conversations with people who are different from them. Even in the conversation we're about to have where they talk about Brooke's relationship to country. My word. Yeah, let's get into that. Yeah, yeah. So she goes on to ask about location. She's like, if you're over in Melbourne and your family's in WA, I guess those roots must pull fairly strongly. Um, And Brooke lays it out pretty clearly. She says, being home on country is a big thing for my culture. And I think it kind of generally pulls you back. So I think I do see myself always going home and being on country and like settling down. But that could be another 10, 15 years. I try and keep my options open. And in ITM, Susie says, hearing Brooke talking about settling down in Western Australia, that's a real red flag. Actually, it's a red, yellow, and black flag. Maybe you should feel more acquainted with it. Yeah, I just, again, not trying to make assumptions about this woman because I don't know her, but... There was something yucky to that, wasn't there? That was there? awful. Like, it felt bad to me. Holly expresses a little bit of concern to her sisters about living in Perth, since they haven't had a chance to talk about that far in the future. Who cares? It's 10 to 15 it's 10 years, to 15 years away. Yeah. But, of course, the optics are fucking awful. This yeah. is some white fucking Northern Beaches woman who is casting doubt on the relationship between Brooke and Holly, you know, because of Brooke's connection to country. Yeah, an Indigenous woman is expressing... A hypothetical desire to live on country at some point. Right. And this this woman is like, no. 
she's that's a, not going to work sort of for me. She's offended by it because yeah. she's like, I can't imagine. Like, I need this woman who doesn't want to leave the northern beaches because of the pull she feels to it. Mm. Doesn't understand mm. why someone else might return to somewhere that mm. feels like home. Like, yes, yeah, yes. Uh, there is also a little concern about Brooke saying that she wants a few kids, or as she puts it, a whole fucking tribe, mm-hmm. because Holly has previously said that she wants to have ideally no children or maybe one. Those are two very different very paths. Very different. Down, different. One is still a child. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> one, is, one is infinitely I feel more like than zero. I don't want kids, and I used to say maybe one as a way of being like, one, because as a woman, if you say you don't want kids, everyone says, oh, you'll think about it one day. Maybe you'll wake up and blah, 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 want a baby. Mm. But like saying you want one is a way of sort of appeasing people who for sure, for sure. want everyone to have children. Yeah. And like, I don't think Holly wants kids. I think she should just come out and say she doesn't want kids. Yeah. I have no idea. I'm I mean, I'm not Holly. So. It's like, it's, uh, Brooke has said that she wants um, to like give birth to two kids and then adopt one. So we've got this two or three thing. And then I feel like she's like, for some reason, trying to like mirror that or, or you know, oppose it, but mirror it by saying zero or one. I feel like it's like just the mom, you know? I also like, think like thinking back to the date that doesn't matter, the group date where they all played with children mm. at okay, the beginning. That mattered a lot to me. <laughs> <laughs> Brooke said having kids is important to me or something like that. Yeah. And Holly is there. <laughs> yeah, true. And I don't understand how she didn't be like, oh, so children are important to you. I don't know how I feel about having kids. Yeah, like, yeah, exactly. It's yeah. this thing. I, this is the reason why when she was with David and she said, I find it hard to have difficult conversations because I worry about ruining a good thing. Mm. I thought of this because she clearly has this intense emotional connection to Holly. Yeah. But they haven't discussed where they want to live. They haven't discussed whether they want kids. Mm. And I think Brooke had a hesitation. Maybe I'm not her to bring that up because she didn't want to wreck the thing that she had with Holly and totally. now it's going to crash land. Yeah, like, yeah, and it really does. Mm. Holly and Brooke actually do have to debrief on the doorstep, unlike most <laughs> of these. Um, firstly, Brooke was surprised that Holly was hoping to have a small family since they've never talked about it. And I think she she does well to bring this up in a non-confrontational way. She doesn't try and persuade Holly away from it. Um, and she asks Holly if there's anything else that they might not have had a chance to discuss. Holly was surprised to hear that Brooke would want to move back to WA, which in my eyes, I'm like, I'm surprised that you didn't necessarily think like that never occurred to you that that might be a possibility. I'm surprised also you went on the weaving date. Yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, even taking her like cultural background out of the question, if someone has just moved from a place where they've lived most of their life, like it's you not have, out of the question. Probably gonna it's completely go back. not out of the question that yeah. they might yeah. end up back there at some yeah. point. I also think there was this sort of presumption on Holly's part. She only talks once about the idea of moving to Melbourne, but it seems to her that she's really sure she's not going to move anywhere yeah. and that whoever she falls in love with is going to come to her. Yeah. And like, I mean, there's this whole other conversation that never happens on this show about how big of a thing it actually is to move somewhere oh for God. someone else. Like yeah. I've done it. Me too. Yeah. And mm. it's like, it can be wonderful. It's the best relationship I've ever had, but I also I had to come home because yeah. home is where your friends are. It's where your family are. It's where you grew up. Yeah. And I understand how much Brooke feels that pull to where she's from. And at the end of the day, like you have to be really willing to fight hard to connect to a new place to make it work with a new relationship yeah. or an, or a relationship that is starting fresh in a way because you're in the same because place. You're now finally. In the same place. Yes. Yeah. 
Holly says that even though she knows it might be 10 or 15 years away, she's not sure she can see herself in WA. Babes, look harder. <sighs> not to quote Rafiki, but look harder. How the hell do you know where you want to be in 10 to 15 years? Good Lord. How do you know what WA is going to be like in 10 <laughs> to 15 years? <laughs> Brooke takes a moment to think and says, all right, hmm, makes sense. I get it. It's just an uncomfortable feeling. Before ITMing, maybe this is a problem. You know, I... I just, like, I didn't see it coming. I don't know where I'm standing right now. This is one of my strongest connections that have been, like, from the top. And we watch on from a distance as she walks away from the camera, tears rolling down her face. And they boost the audio of her crying off in the distance. And we just barely see a producer walk towards her as subtitles pop up on screen saying, I can't be here before we fade to black. Also, the beautiful subtitles that I always love that just says sobs in oh, back yeah. brackets. Sobs. Deeply yeah. relatable. Mm-hmm. This is tough to watch. It it's really fucking hard. awful. Sucks. I th- I hate it when they when they walk away from the cameras and the cameras are like follow them. Yeah, we can watch you and also turn up your sound yeah. and you're yeah. never free of us. You know, deal. like mm. just let her be sad. Let her have mm, a yeah, moment. Just let her have her thing. So it's the rose ceremony. Brooke hands out her roses to David, Jamie Lee, and then Holly. So it is farewell to Conrad, Bien Stevens. More like Conrad being Levens. Oh, boy! Whoa! Did you have that ready? Oh, yeah. 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 Uh, as Conrad and Brooke stand at the limo, she chokes through her tears and tells him, this has been really hard to make this decision because I really care for you. And Conrad says, it's all right. This is about you finding your right person, so there's no hard feelings. I think you're amazing too, and I feel really blessed that our lives crossed paths, and I'll cherish a friendship with you. You're a beautiful person. In his backseat chat, he says, I don't know what to think right now. I was really falling in love with the girl, so I suppose she's done the right thing by me, not allowing me to get any more invested. It just makes me not want to put myself out there anymore. Can anyway, I just say... I, I really hope that he finds somebody to make out with at a bar. <laughs> I really thought it was going to be Jamie Lee. Mm, me because, too. Because, and I don't know about the... The solidness of the choice to bring Jamie Lee on further. I mean, maybe she's going to be top two now because Holly's bloody destroyed her own chances by not having good conversations with Brooke. And it seems like they might crash land in the next episode. And I just don't want to... I don't... I thought because their hometown was average and because the conversation they had on the, like, balcony where she didn't say she loved her yeah. was falling in love with her I was like oh Brooke, Brooke just hasn't seen that into her for like a month now a I month. Agree. <laughs> for like <laughs> two, two episodes yeah. and so I just feel like it's I don't know about bringing her further and I, I'm afraid to watch it I think it's going to be an absolute train wreck yeah um, yeah, we do get this next time on The Bachelorette. It is going to be the end, which is kind of crazy. What the hell uh, yeah. is going on there? We have the return of the Discovery dates, um, where the final three supposedly get to plan the final dates with Brooke. Uh, in as much as anyone plans any of these dates. Uh, Brooke and David sit in a hot tub. Brooke storms off after a conversation with Holly, and Holly cries as she talks to a producer who is not wearing their mask correctly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Might just be because of that. They're like, your nose is hanging yeah. out. Oh, I'm stressed. I feel mm. really... I feel like the top three is usually this experience where, like, there's something going on. Like, what was going on with the previous Brooke, mm. who they had that conflict of what they wanted out of a relationship and out of their lives. Mm. But I feel like this Holly thing is going to be quite 
a lot. Like yeah, for I sure. just feel like it's going to be a really mm. dramatic Heavy thing for a top impact. three. Yeah. Mm. Like that's usually a thing that eliminates you at hometown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But she made it. Yeah. And so now we have to watch it happen. So it's the next thing. And yeah. I don't, oh, I'm mm. stressed about I mean, it. I, th- I feel like this whole season we've been bracing for a finale that will be quite challenging. Yes. Um, Agreed. For a number of reasons, including how the show handles things and how the like culture handles it. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we need to reckon with that, I guess, at this point. Mm. Um, mm. But I hope that there are some moments of joy here. I think importantly... Yeah, I'm excited. I care a lot about Brooke and I have... Yeah continued to care a lot about Brooke throughout this experience which is just such a good obviously that's like the anchor point that you need right but like a lot of the time that's not really the case and maybe I'm invested in my favorite contestant getting through yeah or whatever but this time I'm like I I get that good feeling that I often get from Batchy which is like the decision that gets made like Mm. I believe that Brooke is putting her all into making that decision and she might choose someone for reasons that don't necessarily make sense to me or whatever. But at the end of the day, like, yeah, I don't think she's half-assing it. Right, like, right, no. right. Um, and I feel like she's not half-assing it in a way that I don't think we've seen. I was trying to just mentally in my head then figure out um, who was the last bachelor I felt the way I feel about Brooke, where I'm mm. actually really invested and I want to, I care about the lead. And I think it was Angie Kent for me, yeah, which yeah. is ages ago like that's a whole two bachelors and i guess also two bachelorettes who were on the same season together ago ago and i am really excited for the finale because i always love the finale because i love this show for the love story like that is Mm. really why i'm there i want to watch some people fall in love because i'm a rom-com girl and this is a reality tv Mm rom-com but I haven't really, really cared this much until now. And I just like, I feel like I'm going to be so happy and so invested and it's going to feel really good. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Let's talk about social media. Yeah, baby. This episode's still getting longer, baby. Brooke Blurton's gains on Instagram are down again this week, getting 1,997 followers in the last seven days. Uh, That is less than half of the gain that our top contestant got this week, which is interesting because normally she is above all of them. This brings her overall gain up to 31,093 for a total follower count of 274,370. That adjusted goal that I've been talking about for no reason of getting to 300k Mm. is feeling... I don't Maybe, think she'll get there. I don't know if it, look, if the ending is happy enough, everyone will go like, Boo, like straight after the yeah. finale. Definitely. You know, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think it'll be there's, there's always a big uptick there. But anyway. um, topping the gains for this week is, of course, Pokemon fan art maker, <laughs> son of the undisputed dad of the week, and a man who was definitely not hassled by producers in the last seven days. Conrad B.N. Stevens, whose tragic elimination combined with his high-profile extracurricular romantic activity <laughs> have given him a boost of 4,380 new followers this Damn. week. That's good. That's a bigger single-week gain than any contestant on this season so far. Behind him is a man making his debut in the gains chart this week. A wholesome, smooth-brained king who apparently had to Google what the word himbo means this week. I love him. Kurt Herzog, who racked up... Oh, can I do my... Kurt Herzog? Wait, hang on. Wait. 
Kurt Herzog, I want to see the baby. <clears throat> That's for approximately one of our listeners. What was um, that? <laughs> I don't know. Max and I looked at each other like, I'm happy you you're happy, Xavier. Yeah, no, yeah. Yeah. Like, I have no Lost idea. bet and I am now eating my shoe. That sounds like fucking Count fucking Chocula or whatever his <laughs> name is. <laughs> Um, no, racked I'm up, now eating my shoe. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> racked up 1,217 followers in the week of his poignant and heartbreaking exit. And in third place, making a long-awaited return to the gains list after making a long-awaited return from Brooks Peripheral Vision, its first impression rose winner, Footwine mm. Copper and Silver-Tongued Devil, David <laughs> Garayelli, who gained 943 followers this week. One of them's me. I didn't follow him, and then he had that amazing date, go. and I was like, I love you, and yeah. I followed him. Uh, not to drag this out. Uh, <laughs> not to drag to this out? That's uh, all we want to do. Beck Pressing, who has not uh-huh. been on the show for weeks, scored 908 followers this week, which is more than either Holly or Jamie Lee. Wow. Wow. Well, I mean, she did, you know, she did have a... Are they, aren't they romance? Correct. Yeah. Mm. I'm sure that's what it's from. But, yeah. I you know, mean, and people went to the Instagram to get the confirmation. Well played. Yeah. It fucking paid off. Yeah. Uh, worth noting. Anyway, uh, the overall gains are unchanged from last week. Conrad BN Stevens keeps on winning with 14,830 new followers since preseason, followed by Jamie Lee Days with 5,066, and then Holly Langford with 4,106. I just thought she'd be doing. Better. I thought Me a lot too. of people liked her. Yeah. Yeah. I the, follow her. The social stuff is so interesting right yeah. now, though, that just, like, because you're not getting any personal content. Um, also, I think our perspective on Jamie Lee is actually a bit different than a lot of people's. Probably, so a, yeah, a, yeah. If Twitter is anything to go by, she is... I mean, I was this person. She's beloved. And she yeah, people like her. Not Several everyone has Stan shifted accounts. in the way that we have yeah. in the last week or two. True, true, true. I'm curious, at this point, now that Conrad's off the show... Is his golden run of topping the list every single week going to keep continuing as we move into the finals? Is he maybe going to try and pull something that will get him up there? No. If we see him well, with I mean, Abby not... Chatfield, right. he has a good that's chance. True. This yeah, is what yeah. I'm talking about. Like, I feel like the minute the finale finishes airing, that's when Abby and yeah. Conrad can mm, open mm, up. Mm, you know, mm. like, that people might not be will be true, refreshing but... David and Brooke, but they'll also be refreshing separately Conrad on the other side. Abby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, I also did a whole list. <laughs> I can't. I won't get into it. I'm actually drawing a line here. But just so people know that I am truly deranged. I did a whole list of every single person who has ever been on this show. Bachelor, Bachelorette, Bachelor in Paradise. And I have got as many of the Instagram handles of these people as I possibly could. There are some in like seasons one and two who I don't even know their full names. Sure. Um, and I have got... As of like two days ago, all of their current Instagram follower counts. Oh, I so love I that. have a top list, I have a bottom list, there's lots of Who beautiful wins? data. Who's got the most? Sophie Monks up top. Oh, right, that but makes sense. The yeah. thing mm-hmm. is it's not it doesn't depend on how they actually did on the show. No. It doesn't, you know. Like, Wait, you're telling me that coming runner-up doesn't give you more Instagram followers? Ah, good. <laughs> yeah, who knows? And um, on that note, listeners. We have come to the end. <laughs> have we? <laughs> Another episode of the Bachelor of Hearts podcast. Katie Kendall. 
Yeah. Thank you so much for Jesus I love doing this so much. I'm really, really happy to be back. It's an and absolute I... pleasure to have you again. Yeah. I love you so I much. I promise we won't try to top this the next time I'm here. <laughs> oh, as long as no one beats me, I won't have the urge. This is great. So... This is great. And I will do everything pressed. in my power to make sure that no one beats you. Right. Thank God. Uh, I love you both so much. Oh, I love, love you listening too. to your so... thoughts so much. I've really loved being here. Thank you so um, much for being here. Can you point our beautiful listeners towards uh, any of your stuff that you want? plug yeah 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 i mean yeah it's uh i have a twitter account called batchy bitching which is where i tweet about the bachelor you've seen it if you read the punky articles if you read the (laughs) if you've been on the if you've been online you know heterosexual nonsense recaps any of that thanks yeah it's been it's been lots of fun uh i i've really enjoyed the attention (laughs) one of the great tweeters oh um and then i run an instagram account called not making lemonade with dots between not in making and lemonade that was terribly explained it makes sense. uh where i post art and poetry and my thoughts about mental health and stuff and i have an etsy of the same name where i sell my zines um yes. including one i'm working on a new one which is a follow-up you guys know this i posted on the facebook i know group. i thought maybe it seemed like exclusive sorry yeah no it's not um <laughs> Like in a pipe dream, I had it ready before I was on the show, but mm. pipe dream. Um, anyway, I'm making a follow up, uh, which uh, if you want to write into the show, anytime you remember speeches, poetry, songs, Australian version, non Australian version, I want to make an American one eventually. Yeah. Um, mm. Send them to me and you can buy my zines about other stuff as well. Fantastic. Yeah. Uh, one of the greats. We love you, Katie. Oh, thanks, Thank you, guys. Katie. Thank you, listeners. I want to say a <sighs> quick shout out just to the real diehard Zave heads out there <laughs> who have stuck through it for this long ep. Mm. I, people who've made it to the end, I have endless gratitude for. <laughs> um, I have endless contempt for. <laughs> <laughs> uh, shame on you all. Uh, to Max Nation as well, even worse. Oh, good um, stuff. That's about it. Do we yeah. have any plugs? I don't think we've got anything to plug, listeners. Uh, we listen know. to our next episode. Please. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it might well be shorter. Than it will probably be the won't be this long. And uh, honestly, it but could I won't be, be here, so that's a bit of a tragedy. Mm-hmm. It's very sad. Sad for all of us. But I'm going to try and make it in the interim, mm. listeners. We love, we love you. you. <laughs> Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs> Holy sh. Yeah.